everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Unpack That. Uh, this is your, now I think we're at the point, bi-weekly podcast, um, where this queer millennial and sometimes other queer millennials dissect topics at the top of their minds, mostly through the lens of anxiety and depression, sometimes not. Um, recently, my anxiety and depression has been getting a lot better because I minimize my dosage. I'm trying to wean myself off of medication. So who knows what's going to happen to this podcast after I'm finally over my anxiety until it eventually, inevitably comes back. Um, <laughs> so today our topic is a combination of unpacking queer media, unpacking gay men in media, episode title, TBD. Um, but to do that, our guest today... Uh, with me in the Let's Unpack That studio in Phoenixville, PA, uh, is Michael Hagan. Hello, hello. Hold your applause, please. <laughs> okay. Yes, I'm so excited. I know. Thank you so much for joining. Thank of you course. for being an advocate for the pod. Oh, of course. Big fan of the pod. Big fan of the pod. And also, like, constantly uh, giving us new ideas, as we were just talking last night. So um, I've appreciated your feedback. We've gotten oh, to know each you. other throughout this feedback. So it's so nice to have a fan of the pod of on the course. podcast. Today. Yes, a big fan of the pod, big <laughs> fan of podcast in general. So I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So uh, tell us more about the podcast that you like to listen to. <sighs> I listen to like about like five or seven a week. Oh, shit. Yeah. Do you have so, a long commute? Is that like you? Um, yeah. So like depending on where I'm at for work, it takes like me about an hour. Like today, for some reason, work was like the traffic was so bad. It took me two hours, so I got to work a little two late. Yeah, oh, so yeah. I got through like two. And like Wednesdays, like when like three of them come out, so I listen to like a lot of Nicole Byers podcasts. Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. why won't you date me? And best friends. Mm-hmm. And then I listen to, you know, like the Drag Race ones, like Alaska and Willems. Mm-hmm. Uh, drag or oh, they they do race chasers. One. Yes. Mm-hmm. So like, I listen to like a lot of like queer podcasts because mm-hmm. I don't hear queer people talking about things rather than all the straight people in my office (laughs) yeah oh uh i get that looking at you guys um (laughs) so um yeah i think that that's interesting because when we were talking about this topic um you were saying that like unpacking queer media gays and media like that's something that very much resonates with you why does it resonate with you like is it because of the way that you grew up or is it because of like just what you gravitated towards as a gay man like what what is it i think Definitely something I gravitated towards as a kid. I just like something resonated with me deep down, like with media and like everything pop culture involves. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wow, this really resonates with me. And I really like what I'm like hearing about. And like, it just seems like it's very like. It was like the spectacle of it or yeah, just like the. Just like it's like very carefree. And like, that's mm-hmm. the way I am as a person. I feel like I'm very like go with the flow mm-hmm. and like I'm serious when I need to be, but. Mm-hmm. Overall in life, I'm like, let's have fun. And I feel like media allows us to have a lot of fun. Like, mm. just like from TV to like music and to like all the drama, you know. I love the fucking drama. <laughs> yeah. Wait, are we allowed to curse on this? <laughs> the cur- Cursing is encouraged on this oh. podcast. Um, great. <laughs> yeah, fucking great. Uh, yes. So I, I think that that's interesting. Yeah. Like thinking about the excitability of, of media and how like the energy and the freeness and the yeah. creativity. Like, do you find that you know like what is it about the creativity i guess that that you like you know like it's in, the, based, in the freedom yeah you know? i think definitely as a kid with the first thing that pops into my mind is like youtube and that really like let anyone like have a voice and everything so mm-hmm. it's like any idea is welcome and i think 
with being queer, we want all ideas welcome. Mm -hmm. We want everyone to feel accepted. And I think that's what I like about media because no idea is a bad idea mm -hmm. depending on people's perspective of what it is. Right, yeah. And I think that's what I really enjoy about it. And it's also, I just, I really just enjoy like pop culture and like mm -hmm. what's the fad, like what's really in right now and like really hearing what's going on. What now. What is in right now? Because I'm... That's <laughs> that's great <laughs> well I, yeah. there's like multiple things right there like is. I, I think about like queer media things that are in oh right God, now yeah. queer media and straight culture queer eye is oh, in. yeah drag race is in oh like God, those are still yeah. queer tv shows right. but are now almost more popular with yeah so mainstream audience. yeah yeah. With, are, yeah they're like sweeping the emmys now exactly. drag race has won back to back yeah. queers wearing winning like all like the um i think like the creative ones they say like there's like two different emmys see i'm like a i love a good <laughs> see, <you laughs> award like, show you yeah. like award season yeah, yeah. I've, I've never been somebody who's like gravitated towards an award season i don't know why like i just yeah, really like I, who cares i think you it's know, like but, yeah. the big spectacle like you see people in like these gorgeous you know it's yes, all about the gowns no, no. the gorgeous oh, gowns j yeah. please like educate me on why it's important because I, sometimes I feel like a bad gay because everyone's yeah. tweeting and like posting I, and like being like I can't believe she yeah, didn't win like yeah. what is it about award season are we in award season right now or no we just no so it. it's gonna it's gonna be starting soon people Wait, I thought done. <laughs> no okay, right. so it just ended but it's gonna start up back in like January because like it's gonna be the Golden Globes soon okay. and like then we're gonna have the Oscars the Grammys it's all gonna happen soon mm -hmm. I know time moves so fast but I think it like it's a call back to like glamorous Ooh. No, that's Oops, okay. That's, that's just the wine speaking. Yeah. But oh, cheers. Like, yeah. What cheers. are we what are we drinking today? Um, uh, we're drinking a Chateau Bonnet Bordeaux. Ooh. Yeah. I think cheers. it was $15. <laughs> that's my type of wine, as you could tell. Um, I think it's really like a callback to like glamorous Hollywood mm -hmm. back in like the day, like the award scene, like how they would get dressed up and be like old Hollywood starlets in these like gorgeous gowns and making like a mm -hmm. it was like the only way they really got to see these stars in like their normal day-to-day -day life because everyone was so busy doing everything right. else and there's no social media. Okay, okay. So I think definitely social media has... It was like, what are they going to wear on the red carpet? Exactly. Like, who are they going to be with? Who's their date? Yeah, it's like Who's all their... that. Okay. And because that was the only way we got pop culture is mm -hmm. through award shows. Okay. And now... And the content that they created, but exactly. like that wasn't them as much as it was like exactly like now we have instagram and like youtube and twitter and that's over that yeah, yeah over connected and you get but so also, much more personality and you right. get to know like a celebrity so much more so it's like i think now the award shows have lost a little bit of that but mm -hmm. I, i'm still there for it because it's just like that old hollywood feel yeah even I mean, though they're always yeah. dressed up the gowns are always outrageous oh God, like yeah. especially on the shows that matter like the oscars the oh grammys God, yeah. like there's there's like a a vibe, I guess. Exactly. And especially with the Grammys, that's like the only time people were really able to see the artists perform, like in like in their house or like on the radio, mm -hmm. because not everyone had the money to go see them at the time. Hmm. So if you think about that yeah. too, yeah. So getting a little bit deeper, did you watch them as a kid? Like, was that something that you were allowed to watch or tried to watch? Yes. Or, so yeah. I wa started watching it on my own. I think I have to remember, I think it was like, 2008 i think mm -hmm. because i it was when rihanna like came out with her third album and i was obsessed like that mm -hmm. was like i was like yes god this mm -hmm. is this is who i want to see when she won mm -hmm. that night and i was like watching like the preview carpet mm -hmm. on like e mm -hmm. and like i watched her perform and like that's when i started to watch it and i was like in my basement by myself give me a reference like what what 
album was that? Oh, the Good Girl one? Gone Bad. That's okay. with Umbrella. Um, it was the one okay, when everyone's like, Umbrella Breaking Dishes. Okay. Yeah, right, it, oh, in, yeah. oh yeah. Breaking Dishes. Yeah. Yes. That is my all time favorite song. Oh my God. Well, that's a, favorite Rihanna song. Oh but God. basically, favorite Rihanna song is also yeah. my favorite song. Oh, I, I, I get that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that album, Oh My God, Breaking Dishes, Push Up on. Oh, that mm-hmm. whole album slaps. Mm-hmm. You should go listen after the pod if you get yes. the chance. <laughs> yeah, we can play a little snippet. Yeah. Rihanna won't sue us. Oh my God. Yeah. But um, yeah, I like. That's when I started to really get into it. I was by myself in my like basement. My, I think my mom came down and was like, "Oh, what are you watching?" I was like, "I'm watching like the Grammys." She's like, "She, she didn't, Bitch, what? yeah, yeah." <laughs> she she didn't really care, but I, that's when I first got into them. I was like, "Oh, I, like I just like I fell in love." I was like, "Oh wow, really into like that's when I think I started to get into like pop culture and like media, right?" right. And like there wasn't a lot of like gay people in media at the time, so I like related to like. Rihanna's like essence and like how she like was performing. I was like, Ooh, yeah. Like I like this. Yeah. Like there's something about this. And that's why I think we can start off today Mm -hmm. by, um, helping let the listeners TM get to know us a little (laughs) bit better. Um, so there's this trend on Twitter right now, which is apparently a thing that Jack told me that we should mention. Thank you for Jack. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I was like, someone has to keep me like up to date. Um, so it's the top four female celebrities that basically helped you know that you were yeah. gay. Yeah, like TV top- shows or like movie characters, something something of that sort that like really like made you want to be not be gay, but like was like wow, I am gay. Like yeah, not, like you maybe, you yeah. saw yourself in this character, or yeah. you saw like something that you embodied about this exactly, character. Exactly. Like, yes. I think like what you were sort of saying is that there wasn't a lot of people in queer media at the time that we were growing up the queer media that it was which we'll get into a little bit was Mm -hmm. like very much i think um one-dimensional um and that's not to to shame those actors who did that because they were pioneers at Mm -hmm. that time oh yeah uh, by playing gay or by being gay actors who were comfortable with playing a gay character um so like i think for us it was interesting as we were talking getting ready for this pod it was like people who turned us gay, but like, who are the people that now we look up to? But it's like such a different thing. So yeah. let's start. What okay. should we call you? Mike, Michael Hagen? What whatever, whatever floats your boat. Uh, a lot of people will go by my last name, Hagen. Yes. If that rolls up the tongue. I like, yeah, <laughs> I like Hagen. Yes. Um, and it was like funny. I didn't know that you were called that. I just started calling you that. Oh, re- oh, I don't know yeah, if it was because did. of your yeah. Instagram. I was just like, Hagen. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Oh, my Instagram. If you're wondering, it's <laughs> Hagen, H-A-G-I-N underscore 018. <laughs> 018. What's the 18 for? Um, 18 is just my favorite number. And I also graduated college oh. in 2018. So okay. ironic. Okay. So, um, because, you know, this podcast is very trendy and wants to be aligned with, um, the trends that are happening on Twitter right now, um, (laughs) name the first gay icon or female icon who helped you know that you were gay. I think we were talking about this a little bit. My like first one I would say is the character Mulan (gasps) because just watching that movie alone, I was like, she is such a badass. Mm -hmm. And like, you were just like. She's not going to take anything. Like, she's going to do she's what she wants. Yeah, she was yeah. a rebel girl. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I identify like with that. Like, I don't want to be like all the other guys. Because mm-hmm. that's how I felt as mm-hmm. a kid. I was like, I don't like, like, I resonate with, like, some of the kids. Because you're like, when you're little, you kind of, like, have, like, the same ideas, like, imagination. But then you start getting into sports, like, some guys. I'm like, mm-hmm. like, I like sports, but, like, I like pretending more. Mm-hmm. Like, that's yeah. how I was as a kid, yeah. at least. Yeah. yeah. And Mulan is totally the character that helps people pretend. I mean, yeah. she pretended to... I mean, oh my god, yeah. yeah oh my god, you're so boy. right. Yeah. 
She pretended to be a boy so that she could like save her family mm-hmm. and her father's life. Yeah. Because he would have had to go to war and probably would have died. Like, oh what a great fucking person to look up to. I know. You know, like that story's deep. Like, there's the makeup part. There's like mm-hmm. the singing part. Oh my god. Like the like hiding her gender part. There's like the taming her boobs to her chest part. Like, so ahead of the time. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. I know. It's like it's so. And then she ends up like dating the man who yeah. was like oppressing her the whole time but exactly. he had a change of heart yeah. too so yeah. like we won't we won't get like yeah. slap Disney too hard it'll be that. interesting but. to see what they do with the live action I think that comes oh. out next year 2020 well, well pop culture please let me know when it comes <laughs> out I'm like because I had no idea that I will, was happening I will text you There's and let you know live action Mulan you, oh my god yeah you, you gotta go on Twitter more uh, I only <laughs> use it for porn <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay so my first character who turned me gay um, was Laura Dern specifically? Oh. I mean, if you don't know Laura Dern, one, fuck off and turn off this podcast. Oh my God, yeah. And number two, um, she was the female scientist in Jurassic Park with the pink shirt that was tied around the waist oh and my. the high waisted khaki oh shorts and the updo blonde bun tied in the back. Um, and she was constantly running away from raptors and dinosaurs and screaming and made the best facial expressions in that movie. She was just like watching that movie as a kid, it was like, this is great. Dinosaurs, cool. Scientists, awesome. But it was like the female scientist. Like she's like badass. She wasn't afraid of anything. Mm -hmm. And like, even when she was, she was like still fighting and just like her character was like super complex. And like Mm -hmm. they ended up, it wasn't a thing where they like had to date or get married at the end. Like she was just a smart woman who they brought on this trip because they knew that she would be the right person for this job, regardless of who she was. And like, there was no, like in my mind, like, and I I never read the Jurassic Park books, but like there was nothing like in that movie that made me be like, Oh, look at this like political undertone of this woman. It was just like who she was as a person and as a character, um, like presenting on screen. Like was just fucking great like those boots with those high oh my god socks. yeah she was like a ranger you know she like, was, like she was one of the boys but she wasn't but she, she wasn't yeah. and like it was fine that she wasn't one of the boys yeah. which is exactly how i felt like i was right. like i want to be one of the boys but also i want to be my own self exactly yeah i think that's how a lot of gay yeah. boys at least around like our generation i would say mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. with a lot of um I, like not older either. or younger yeah or yeah, yeah or still maybe younger yeah that don't identify with like some of the well we have characters now i should say more so which is nice but like yeah younger you're like i resonate with her yeah and like laura dern alone oh you haven't watched big little lies renata klein (laughs) we stand we stand we stand stand. cheers to that cheers okay who's your next person that turned you gay all right it's another cartoon i don't know if you watched pokemon as a kid but misty i wrote for misty (laughs) Me and Mi- like Misty was my girl. Mm-hmm. She, water Pokemon were my favorite. She was a water gym leader. That's what I like. Her- she was into water sports, know, so that's I probably like- why you liked her. <laughs> it's not that kind of podcast, Paul. It, it can be. Yeah. <laughs> but um, oh my god, yeah. Like she was just everything I wanted to be. Like she, like she stood up to Ash and Brock. Like she, she made everyone know like her opinion. I was like. She's a bad bitch. Did she? Like, I never got that. I feel like she was just really? like the friend. No, I don't no, know. she would be screaming because they would be, bo- or not boy crazy, girl, girl crazy they would be. Oh. And she'd be like, oh my God, you freaking asshole. Idiots. Yeah. And like, she was just, I just lo- remember watching her because I would tune into her. I'd be like, F Ash. Like, I don't really care what Ash is doing. No, I mean, I no, one, know ever, what, no yeah. one ever likes the main character. Exactly. Yeah. And I was like, what's Misty doing? And like, her sister, <laughs> oh my God. If you haven't watched Pokemon, the original, go back <laughs> And watch the episode with Misty 
and her sisters when Ash has to battle for the water, like Jim Bat. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I think that's so funny. All I remember of like Misty was just like the red hair and she had like the, um, the Togepi. Is that who she had? Yeah. It's like her purse. She had like, she was the, I think she was the trendsetter of the crop top. If you think about it. She also had very supple breasts. She did. Yeah. I would say pointy more than supple, but. Okay. Okay. Perky. Yeah. (laughs) They were a little triangle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's great. I I think that Miss like okay. So now we have uh, Laura Dern. We have in our uh, girl group <laughs> Misty. Yeah, in our girl group. I'm trying to make a list. Um, wait. M- so who was the first person Mulan that you said? And Mulan, Misty. Misty, Laura Dern. I'm gonna give you another M, <laughs> Missy Elliott. Oh my god, I was just thinking about her today because I was listening to Lizzo. Yes. and like I feel like Lizzo is the rebirth of missy elliott mm-hmm. we finally have our like like our like renaissance of her like we have like okay. her style of music back like very like fun mm-hmm. hip-hop and mm-hmm. like that's what when i think of lizzo i think of that like mm. missy that's interesting i've never really thought about that as like a comparison i feel like to me like when i think about missy elliott i think about like who introduced me to rap because i don't particularly gravitate yeah. towards rap music it's never been something i fully connected with right. like never even like white rappers like Eminem. It was just oh God, never yeah. like, I just, I couldn't gravitate towards the music. And especially I think some of the imagery in the music videos, mm-hmm. like because it was very straight focused, very much like, mm-hmm. um, like women partying around a pool, like topless. Like that was never like something that I could understand or get behind. But Missy Elliott was the absolute fucking everything for me. Like I think about like, the lose control music video with Sierra and get your backs on the wall and they take each other and throw each other up on the wall. And I forget who the male rapper is in that song. And I'm going to kill myself for not like thinking of that. Timbaland. Thank you. Yeah. So (laughs) is it? Yeah. Or did he produce it? He produced it, but he's also the male rapper on it. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, fun fact, (laughs) but I just like literally think about like that music video and the choreography. And like when Missy Elliott was in a music video, like she, there was an event that oh happened God, in that yeah. music video. Like it was a good rap. It was a good like. She gave you production. Pro- production ten value out of ten was yes. on fucking. And she showed point. that what like twenty years later at this year's VMAs. Uh, absolutely, oh she God, did. Yeah. Speaking of Missy Elliott, Erica's here. Yeah. Um. Hi. That's okay. <laughs> Why don't you go shower? We're just gonna quick finish up this segment okay. and then we'll jump back on. Yeah. Okay. Oh, this Anna. bitch. Ooh. Yeah, she doesn't know anything about me. But anyway, <laughs> Missy Elliott. Okay, Hagen, who is your third? Uh, my third would be Raven from That's So Raven. Because as a kid, most most of my like people that I looked up to were Disney, and like right. Raven was just like she was funny, and like she just had like a good time, and like Ex- I don't know. eccentric dress. Yes, ex- eccentric. <laughs> I just love. I just loved her character, and like it was just such a funny show. I was like, oh, I love Raven. Yeah. Now uh, not as much, but I mean, love, she is yeah. who she is. Exactly. We, we love her either way. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like, still love her. Struggle a bit. Yes. But just give her a little like. Ooh, she's look. yeah, a little little cringe, yeah. little cringe. Yeah. Okay. Um, so my next one, uh, my third, uh, is Courtney Cox. Oh, (laughs) I know. Um, okay. So Courtney Cox is not because of the character Monica on Friends. Like that's not, although, I mean, 
Phoebe, Phoebe is a gay icon. Yeah. So is Rachel. So is, I mean, they all are the, the whole cast of friends, even the men in that show oh God, are yeah. all, it's just like a great fucking show. But Courtney Cox specifically, when she was in scream two, mm. um, was just, well, actually she was in all the screams, but, um, I did not then that. <laughs> scream. Yeah. Scream two. When she had these short bangs that looked like they were cut by a child's like <laughs> amount of scissors. It was just, like, she was a weather girl, like, she was, like, a news reporter. Her name was Gail Weathers, like, just... That's a great name. A great name, (laughs) great drag name, like, great personality, like, always was fighting the killer, trying to solve the crime, Mm. but she was also always, like, potentially going to be the killer, and, but throughout all of the movies, spoiler alert, it's been more than 20 years, I'm pretty sure, so she didn't die, you yeah. know? And so, like, for her growing up, like, I just loved watching her and her character in whatever really she was in, but in Scream, like, the Gail Weathers character had these, like, powerful green suits and, like, right. this powerful, like, black hair that always was juxtaposed with mm-hmm. the suit color. Oh um, she always was, like, dating some man, too, because she was, like, quote-unquote hot, even right. though she never looked hot in that entire series. <laughs> um, but uh, Courtney Cox was always one that I viewed as, like, my, that's you know... That's a good one. Maybe I have a thing with, like, secondary characters in movies. <laughs> like, maybe that's... Maybe I, that's who... Maybe yeah, you I'm resonate. a secondary character of my own life. <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... We are, are wrapping up our list here. So who is your fourth? Okay, the last one, I think a lot of people agree with me on this. I think it's Sharpay from High School Musical. Yes. If you were familiar with it. Didn't even like High School Musical? Knew who Sharpay was. Of course. Thank you. But Sharpay's songs from high, all the High School Musicals, I always like, I love them. I remember being a kid just singing them and acting them out. I was like, I want to be Sharpay. Like she was just this bitchy girl that knew what she wanted and was just like confident in herself delusional at times yeah wasn't afraid to flaunt oh, yeah. her wealth and like she was willing to flirt with boys and all. i was like i want to be her mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like sharpay it was just uh sharpay was just everything growing up as a kid and like of that like bitchiness i guess yeah yeah i'm with you again didn't really see it but like ashley tisdale as a person she was one of the main characters for me in sweet life of zach and cody so i get it like but also brenda song and that was more the queen a canon i know (laughs) yeah so my final one rounding out the top four women who helped us know that we were gay Mm -hmm. turned us gay whatever you want to call it um is the women from lord of the rings have you seen no Okay. <laughs> I wow. do not okay. know anything. Really fucking. Oh my god. Okay. So uh, for me, Lord of the Rings was like a series that I always watched, but I was like, I'm not into fantasy because like, I don't like that. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, obviously I was, you know, and obviously now, like I watched Game of Thrones. Of like, I'm, I'm very much into like the fantasy realm, right. but never like. I was never into like space, like Star Trek. Star Wars and all that. No, well, okay, fuck. No, I did like Star Wars, but like I don't <laughs> like Star Wars anymore. And I feel like, because I look back and I'm like, okay. that was a part of my childhood. And on Twitter, there were a lot of people saying that Princess Leia is like their gay icon, which like I guess from like the bodice and like everything that she served. Yeah. But for me, it was the women of Lord of the Rings because they were all fucking fearless. And I'll go through the three. Uh, the first was Kate Blanchett's character. Oh, I didn't Galadriel. even know she was in that. Uh, yeah. Uh, Galadriel. She was a magical elf who lived in the woods and like told prophecies. And she was one of the original holders of one of the three rings that were given to the elves. And so she like set the tone like throughout all the movies. But there's also this amazing scene that I, I mean, I hope to God like she won some award for um, where she like gets cursed and she's like getting like 
like realizing that the ring is like out of her grasp and she's oh. like starts yelling and then she turns black and then she turns green and then it's just like this whole epic moment um but she always just pops in and out of the lord of the rings series like giving advice to people because mm-hmm. she can like speak to their minds like okay. in their minds so it's always just like she pops in whenever you're like feeling bad like there's this point where frodo gets like bitten by a fucking giant spider and all of a sudden the scene cuts he's in a field and Kate Blanchett is there with her arms outstretched giving him advice that's so wish I that, I wish that's what happened when I was at work like not when really I'm great. like having like a panic attack Kate Blanchett yeah <laughs> Blanchett yeah. Like Blanchett a, oh yeah Blanchett yeah <laughs> just like showed up and was like everything's fine just yes. do this oh yeah. my god that would be great but yeah <laughs> clearly not clearly not yeah um and then the next two characters um Liv Tyler's character of Arwen. Okay. um, Because Arwen in the movie is the, like, girlfriend love interest of the, um, basically hero of the stories who's not a hobbit, Mm -hmm. um, Aragorn. So it's always like, oh my God. Like, Mm -hmm. um, like... (laughs) she's always magical. She's also like a fierce S fighter. She summons water and then like takes out evil people with water, which I don't know. Maybe it's a water thing like Misty, you know, I I I don't know. Gay's just like the water. Yeah. And then the next one um, is Miranda Otto who plays Eowyn in the Lord of the Rings. And she's just like a fierce fighter and she kills the main villain on the end of the third movie. And he's like, no man can kill me. And then she kills him and she takes off her helmet and she's like, I am no man. And she lets this like long blonde hair fly out. That's a moment. I know it's such, it's literally, a moment you know of course like then this whole thing happens where like her uncle dies and so they have to refocus on the man but like those were my like queer like looked at that and literally i wasn't saying it because it wasn't a thing to say at that oh, time yeah. but i was like yes queen like yeah. and again like You're that's like, basically yes. what i was saying yes no, yeah i totally agree with you i just that. like gravitated towards that so sorry for my lord of the rings tangent but i just spent the weekend watching all three that's fine now i feel like i've seen it and maybe i should watch it now i also fun fact yeah. i've not seen harry potter it- on that note, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's um, what most people say. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna take a quick break, um, but uh, we will be back in just a moment to talk more about queer media. So stay tuned. Thank you. Okay, hi everyone. We are uh, back. You nasty. You nasty. We're back from our break. I'm cutting that out. Don't cut that out. That's that was the true subscribers. Please rate us five stars and give us a review of that burp, please. Yeah, in in the comments. If you like the burp, slide into our DMs. Also, dick pics. Um, <laughs> so um, we're back from our break. Erica is now with us. Many of you already know Erica. Um, she's a frequent voice on the pod. Um, and so we're back. Erica, Hagen, and myself. Uh, we've Ew. just started to talk about um, gay TV. Yes. Um, and we're catching Erica up to speed on like our, our gay icons that were women that turned us gay, right. et cetera, et cetera. Um, so now we kind of wanted to jump into just a little bit of the history of like the media portrayal and television's <laughs> portrayal of, uh, LGBT people. But uh, yeah, exactly. I think we're probably going to talk about this from mostly a queer perspective. Um, but mostly like a gay queer perspective. Um, right. cause I think that that's 
the lens that we can speak to most. Exactly. Um, so quick snapshot from Wikipedia. Everyone's favorite, <laughs> non-spawn, everyone's favorite source for news. Um, so <clears throat> the media portrayal of LGBT people refers to the varying and evolving ways in which media that depicts or portrays. Oh my God. I feel like that was like a lot of ways to say portrayal. Um, but it's the way that they picture people in the queer community. The acronym LGBT is commonly used in North America and English speaking countries. It attempts to include all sexual orientations and variations represented in shorthand. Um, so historically the portrayal of LGBT and the community that makes up the LGBT community in media has been negative, reflecting the intolerance for the LGBT community seen in cultures. Um, however, from the nineties to uh, present day, there has been an increase in the depictions of LGBT individuals, issues, and concerns within mainstream media, especially in North America. The LGBT community has taken an increasingly proactive stance uh, in defending its own culture with a primary goal of achieving an affirmative visibility in mainstream media. This positive portrayal or increased presence of the LGBT community in media has served to increase acceptance and support for the LGBT community. Uh, also, the goal is to establish LGBT community as a societal norm and provide information on the topic. Um, so one person, Gwendolyn Audrey Foster, who I don't know if she's a writer or who she is, um, but Wikipedia quotes her. It says, we may still live in a world of white dominance and heterocentrism, but I think we can all agree that we are in the midst of a postmodern destabilizing of forces when it comes to sexuality and race. And whoever the fuck she is, I feel like she makes a pretty good, solid mm -hmm. point that like my friends at work have said, especially my straight friends that I interact with, that media is changing the way that I see media is changing. Sometimes I feel like I'm losing my identity as like a straight white person because that's what they were used to seeing. So I think that like quote really sums up this phenomenon of what's happening in the queer community of how we're being portrayed in media because we are more visible. We are here. We are queer. Our mm -hmm. characters are by far the most interesting because they're oh, ones yeah. that people know the least about. Um, and just as there's been a rise of like the anti-hero, like in shows like Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones, like these characters that you love that are absolutely awful, like so too has grown the acceptance of more diverse people. So Erica, like from a black perspective, Hagen and I from a gay perspective, I think we're all probably seeing ourselves represented in more diverse ways is like how I would summarize that. Yeah, like, yeah. Like it's not just like a, I don't see as much of the typecasting of a You're gay person. Like, oh my God, girl. Yeah. yeah it's not, like exactly. The generic, like, um, gay assistant hairstylist, like, yeah, like covered in tattoos, wearing all black skin tight jeans, skin tight shirt, yeah. like yeah. maybe your hairdresser. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And that's, I just like, I think that we've moved so far beyond that, which is really exciting. Um, However, it doesn't mean that we don't have far to go. So definitely have a lot further to go, but yeah. we're definitely going in the right way. I yeah. Think. And what we wanted to kind of do, um, which we think it's interesting to have Erica here too, while we talk about this is talk about some of those shows that for us were so like, what, what, what do you call that? Like formative? Like they were such like a part of how we yeah. grew up. Ooh, like yes. they were so um, important to us because we saw like, gay characters or, or gay allies something us. resonated yeah, yeah. yeah that, that, that's the best way to describe it is like we finally saw ourselves in media um yeah. and i think like i always try to preface this and say this from like 
the straight angle of like, if this is so foreign to you, just picture the fact that all of the characters, all of the superheroes, all of the people that you read about, seen about, heard about, all liked boys or liked girls and identified as one gender. And like, it was normal for that person to be white, straight, and the hero. For the woman who was one to be blonde, blue-eyed, like a big bust, mm-hmm. and uh, was like, oh, I love you at the end of the yeah. movie, you know? Um, so I always try to like preface that so that people can put themselves a little bit more in our shoes as as people who are members of the minority community, despite the, the privilege that we may have as part of those communities. So um, I wanted to start with uh, Will and Grace. Classic. <laughs> as a... As a the revival and all. <laughs> no, I didn't want to talk so much about the revival because I feel like the revival is a really good way of like identifying the moment that we live in right now. Like okay. identifying the political climate that we live in right I now. I have not watched the revival okay. at all. Yeah. I have I just not enough time in the world to yeah, watch there's, everything. There's a lot of shows. Yes. It's, but, it's overstimulating yeah. everything happening. But I feel like Jack's character in okay. Will and Grace, who if you don't know you probably know who he is like just from Mm -hmm. clips is the more effeminate character. Like Jack is the one who is that stereotypical written gay that he's like, Oh my God. Yeah. Like he's like so over the top, like Karen's his BFF, you know? And like, they still carry that relationship into the new series, Mm -hmm. but like in those core series of like Will and Grace before Mm -hmm. the, the relaunch, like it was two gay characters who lived with straight female characters in New York city. And it started, I believe in the early two thousands. I don't even know that it was the nineties. Was think it? Yeah. It was early two thousands. Cause I remember watching it in the, my kitchen with my sister on like a chair and being, I think it was like probably like Oh two, I want to say. And mm-hmm. then my mom came in and she's like, Oh, you guys can't watch this. And I was like, why You're can't like, why? we? It was like funny. Okay, like my well, sister and I were just enjoying it. Hold on, I was wrong. It was 1998. So yeah, <laughs> but you it were probably watching later, a rerun. Yeah, yeah. Rerun yeah. Like and so it was on NBC. Yes. Like, and non-spawn. obviously, yeah, not spawn. <laughs> but Deborah Messing was like the she Gay lived. Icon. Yeah, she lived with Will. Like she yeah. was like his like everything like Mm -hmm. they were basically best friends spouses everything all in one Mm -hmm. and like to your point like your mom coming in and saying you can't watch this show did she give you a reason as to why you couldn't watch that show i think she said it was just dirty if i remember properly Mm. it was a while ago i know yeah yeah dirty i was like i was like what does that mean like literally like so confused i was like okay whatever and then i think i turned it back on once my mom left the kitchen yeah well i just loved it because like i feel like in that show in the early 2000s, I was like, so say it was 1988, I was yeah. in kindergarten. And like, I feel like I probably watched it in second, third or fourth grade. And I yeah. remember seeing like Will kiss a boy okay. and being like, oh my God. Or maybe he even kissed Jack as like, it was part yeah. of like a joke in the series. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I just remember being like, oh, scandalous. I don't know why I like this, but I yeah. like this. I'm into yeah. it, but I feel wrong for watching it. Oh my God. Yeah. Like I used to watch it in my parents' room, like, cause they had a TV in there that only connected to like the seven channels that you got if you just plugged your TV into the wall. Mm -hmm. Um, like before cable was like really that Mm -hmm. much of a thing. And it was, it was like that first time that you saw gay characters on screen that you were like, I can relate to Will. Cause we were talking about this on Instagram. I think I'm like Will, like the gay that I should be and the gay (laughs) that I can be is Will. But the gay that I actually am is Jack. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, but Jack was who you like at that time. It felt like who you weren't supposed to be. Yeah. Cause like, he was so effeminate. Yeah, yeah. Flamboyant. And you're like, Oh, that's not what I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be hiding myself or something like that. Yeah. yeah. It, it is. Yeah, it sucks. But now I think we've, 
definitely are going in the right direction with like more characters we see now. I totally agree. Yeah. And like, I feel like the fact that they were even able to bring that show back, like oh, speaks yeah. to the impact it had at the time. And also the, the mm-hmm. impact that shows like that can still have now. So, um, the next one that I don't know, did you watch queer as folk? No, I've never watched that. See, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm too young <laughs> to remedy. Ah! So I'm, I'm not here. I'm not trying to drag you. <laughs> but I know the name. I've heard like other podcasts talk about it. I'm like, I don't really. Yeah, I don't remember it. Okay, so I know you're going back right now. I'm watching Golden Girls. <laughs> yeah. So like, I would. Oh yeah, because you're gonna be that gay. But also, like, I highly recommend you go back and watch Queer as Folk because it was like totally centric around gay and lesbian characters and also like drag queens so it started it was based in like a british show first so there was like a british version that only lasted two seasons because like the british are also really like cognizant of when a show is ready to die america drags it out for the next like six seasons look at any show right now (laughs) yeah exactly so like the american version it was based on the british version it was like set in pittsburgh which it was filmed in canada so they just needed a place that looked as shitty as fucking pittsburgh (laughs) so Pittsburgh listeners. We love you. We love you. I know. So it was like, it was basically like four main characters and they were all white. They were all beautiful. Right. And they all had like their own little problems that were like nothing. And even the lesbian characters who lived in the show or or who were portrayed in the show were also white. And they lived in like a fucking mansion because they were like Mm. all right. Well, it's Pittsburgh. Like you need $10 Exactly. This isn't Friends where you're like, well, that's a really nice no. apartment for New York. It's Pittsburgh. Yeah, and Friends, they like tried to explain it in the first episode. They were like, oh, she inherited money. I'm like, no amount of money you could inherit could afford three apartments in the same exactly. building. That's so true. <laughs> With a landlord you actually like. Um, but like, Queer as Folk was, was basically like friends who lived together and it was just like about their journeys. They were constantly dating, constantly fighting, constantly had a drug problem and they just sort of rotated those stories like three or four times with each of the main characters and then at some point almost every character like debated going into sex work um so it was like very like poorly written I was is what say, i'm trying to I was say. say is this a reality tv show yeah. or is this, <laughs> or so, this like, a written like, no. anyone yeah. could have written it but it's some just gays in pittsburgh some gays in pittsburgh <laughs> and then they went out and the club that they went to at night was called babylon because it had like greek dancers oh the go-go dancers like it was like all. the nightclub and I they're like i will like, say the yeah. lesbian community in pittsburgh is very strong you went to lead right but not there. I went to New Orleans. Shout out to oh, New Orleans. That place so could that, yeah. is a great place. Drag Central. Yes. Yeah. So we were at this bar called the Steel Cactus, and it was like, this is like not like, I was just like, oh wow, like these girls all look fun. Like I thought it was a bachelorette time. party because right. I have yeah. two brain cells, mm-hmm. and both of them are just two monkeys throwing each other shit at each other. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, oh my God, like must be a bachelorette party. And then I'm dancing and one of them comes up to me and she's like, hey, what's your name? I was like, I'm Erica. And she was like, cool. And I'm like, I'm not going realizing. through the night and I'm yeah. like, she's making moves. Mm-hmm. I was like, money I- moves. <laughs> she's trying to make money moves on the dance floor for you. Did you give her a smooch? I did not. Oh, okay. All right. I, but it was still like, I was just so clueless to it and yeah. i wasn't expecting it because like to mm-hmm. me pittsburgh's the midwest right, right. which is it's why i do not, think yeah. it's interesting i mean yeah. again they're probably like 
wants as shitty as Canada. Right. Pittsburgh. And right. like any middle America. Oh my god. Like yeah. could have like portrayed as that yeah. version. And so yeah. it was like like the main character was Michael and Michael's mom was like a P flag mom. And so she was like, parents were lesbians and gays. Like so she like worked in a diner and she wore this vest covered in buttons that said like I'm Aww. an ally. Gay is so real. Cute. You know? And so she was like the iconic character. I right, probably should right. have mentioned her. I think her name is Debbie. I can't remember. Um, but she, I know. And she had like a big red wig of curly hair. Um, and so it was just like all about how they worked together as friends and Michael's dynamic with Brian, who was like his like asshole friend, but he was like hot and they were always sort of in love. But then like Brian fell in love with someone else. So it was just like, you know, the whole thing. Like it was like a very basic like storytelling. But I found myself as a kid like trying to watch that show one because it had the word queer in it and i was like right. i don't know why this is allowed to have that word in there so i must right. watch it um and then just like seeing two boys kiss like the first scene it's actually kind of controversial cr- controversial but um brian like meets this like 16 year old gay boy at a bar and like brings him home and he like makes him suck his dick but it's like because it was shot in the uk it was legal but then they just adapted it for American right. audience and just like never corrected it. But I looked at that different show. time too. So different like, time. It was the nineties. Yeah. I don't know. People so, weren't nice. Like <laughs> yeah. you know, but looked was, away. <laughs> right. It was just like a good I don't know. Like they started to tackle things later on. Like there was like a trans character and a gay character who was killed and the police were involved. Right. So uh-huh. like they started to tackle these things as like the show got more modern. Mm-hmm. Never quite right with good writing, but like it was still just like iconic for me that I've just rewatched recently, both right. the British and the other version, the American version. And I was like, this is like great. Like Jack watches it with me and is like, this is awful. Like the dialogue is <laughs> awful. I watched the same fight happen three times every couple episodes. But I guess like I view those characters as they were relatable to me because Michael was like the neurotic gay who like just like couldn't fully love and accept himself. And he was in love with his best friend. Like how typical, you know, that yes. you hear about like that coming out story, you know, yeah. of just like I'm in love with my best friend who's also gay, but like, He's basically straight. Right. Um, so it's you just can't like, love him. It's like a taboo. No. Yeah. Ugh. So that's like, sorry, I went on a little bit of a rant about no, queer folk. But no, we, we needed a little bit of background because yeah, neither of us. I know. <laughs> no yeah. one knows. No one knows. But it is on Amazon and it is free. So I'll if you want to watch, watch it, it, like it's totally good to watch. And the I'm episodes are short. Amazon and yeah. we're Baptist. <laughs> oh, we can't be watching that. You have to clear your history. Um, <laughs> so the next one, which is one you wanted to mention, yeah. which was Golden Girls Golden as gay Girls. icons, which I don't know anything about Golden, Golden Girls. Golden Girls is... Only Betty White. Okay. I'm, I'm black. <laughs> I know about isn't Golden it, Girls. Erica, as someone that knows Golden Girls, isn't it just like a heartfelt good show that and that holds up? It still holds yeah, up today. Yeah, I think because there's the episode. What is the premise? So the premise is like, okay. I know there's Blan- women that live in a it, house. This is Blanche's house. Mm-hmm. And Pour it uh, what? Rose and um, Dorothy answer like this ad and they move in. and But... Dorothy's mom's um, nursing home catches on fire, so she has to move in as well, Sophia. And they just all are living with each other, and they just go through life and, like, experience stuff. It's basically, like, full house, but replace it with all elderly women. Or, like, a little bit horny. Yeah, that are a little bit horny. Like, just trying to find love, that are all single, and, like, going through life and, like, experiencing stuff and, like, being there for each other. So how does that make, like, how does that relate to you as a gay person? Because it sounds like they're all straight women, you know? I think because it's just, like, that camaraderie, for me at least. I imagine, like, it's gal like pals. The, Yeah, gal pals are, like, this group mm. coming together mm. and supporting each other when they don't have husbands and their kids aren't with them. Mm. And sometimes queer communities, you're by yourself. Like, you only have you and your community. So mm-hmm. I think that's what really gravitates to our 
a lot of those characters and a lot of those characters you could relate to like blanche blanche is promiscuous i would say because she mm-hmm. she's a lady but yeah. and i think in the queer community a lot of us are promiscuous and mm-hmm. like trying t- and we like to have fun which is fine yeah and we're trying to yeah. figure ourselves out yeah exactly yeah. and i think mm-hmm. that's the same with blanche she's trying to figure out who she is after losing her husband and like trying to find love and that's what everyone wants love mm. and like i think doesn't Blanche's brother come out in an I, episode? I think so. Oh, and okay. so there's like actual episodes yeah. where the topic of homosexuality comes up yeah. mm-hmm. and it's kind of like this, um, it's there and they're like, ooh, we're accepting it. But in the way that I think yeah. a lot of people accept it where it's like, I accept it because I want, I don't want to hurt you, yeah. mm-hmm. but it's not, it's not homosexuality that i'm accepting i'm just kind of grinning grinning and bearing it for you Mm. yeah for that person Mm. um and it also came out during like the mid 80s right so this was like very i mean that's earlier than any other show we've talked about yeah Yeah. so like that and like in the first episode i believe blanche has like a cook there and he's a gay character in it and i think he comes back later in it as well and like also b arthur i believe she did a lot for our Mm. community Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of people stood by her Mm -hmm. And, like, what she did for us yeah. during the time. Yeah, like, it makes me feel like I'm just, like, not as as in tune with, like, our gay past as I would like to be. I feel like what the things I am in tune with are, like, the the more political... Right. The, the more political side of, like, the gay rights and gay activism and the AIDS crisis. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. those are the things I feel very in touch with and feel like I understand and can speak to. So it's interesting because that is pop culture, yeah. as we were talking about yeah. earlier. And that has always been something that, like... right has formed our community, but something I probably know the least about. So yeah. I feel like it's something I know I need to go back and watch. You yeah. Know? So. But that's a good thing that you could look on the other aspect because a lot of people can't talk about the past of all like the political aspect of what happened to us during the 80s and all that. And like mm-hmm. I'm still trying to learn about that mm-hmm. and like trying to educate myself more because our past does shape our today and our mm-hmm. future. So it's important to know where we came from. And mm-hmm. I think that's where a lot of our community forgets without yeah. the people before us, how are we going to make change and help those around right now? Yeah. Like if we, I know <laughs> before I ruin that good thing, um, I think we can transition to probably more of like the, um, not so far from the current shows. Like yeah. we were talking about shows like Glee, uh, SpongeBob, yeah. um, Real Housewives, and Next. Let yeah. me wait. As in the like. The bus. Yes, the but. <laughs> I'm I'm still confused why they haven't brought that show back. I think I that was I, okay, such okay, a. Yeah iconic show yes it that was, was, it was mtv's yeah. magnum opus yes. it was and if you it don't so understand what next was one youtube it yeah. youtube it two yeah all of the episodes are on like oh youtube God. and it was these five people who sat on a bus and then there was one person outside the bus and that person went on dates with every single one and when that person didn't like satisfy them or answered a question that they didn't like, they would just say next. Or and then someone else would give you get a bus. dollar for every minute that the date. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. And at the end of the date. So say you go on like a three you hour take date, the money or like go or on go another on a second date. date. My yeah. cheap ass. It's like taking the $300 coin. <laughs> yes. Coin is coin. Yeah. And like also the best parts of the show sometimes are when the 
girl or guy would walk out and right away they'd be like next yeah, and you'd yeah. be like dang <laughs> they didn't even get a shot which like everyone's like that was so harsh meanwhile tinder exists oh my god yeah. literally say next at first picture oh you god. know yeah. like but i highly just like recommend next as a show and the reason that i put that on is like a queer show it's mtv it's not queer queer friendly or wasn't back then but what? like the the next like the room raiders like the like oh. all of those shows like that the featured those effect. gay episodes oh yes God. all of those shows that featured a gay character because i was watching mtv as a kid i craved the gay episode oh i could have rewatched yeah. it a million times and been like that guy's cute oh my god oh my god mm-hmm. and i didn't know why i was so into that show because like i didn't know that the fact that i liked seeing two boys kiss meant that i was gay like I, it's right. so hard to like you're just intrigued it was more like fascination yeah. right? it was total fascination of like, just I like i was so fascinated oh with boobs as a kid yeah right. like i would literally sit there in the mirror like Sorry, you'd be like parents, mm-hmm. but I would just stare at my boobs and <laughs> I'd be was like, like, What is this? This is amazing. And then I would go look up other boobs because I was like, Do like my nipples look like that? Like, do other right. nipples look like this? And it didn't mean that I was like In into girls. it. Right. No. Yeah. And you know, maybe if I was, I still wouldn't have known because it was just like a fascination. Right. Yeah, it is. That's so interesting. Yeah, like, I love boobs. <laughs> love, love boobs. Send tit pics to Erica <laughs> underscore Megan. Love boobs. <laughs> Please send me tit pics. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's like not, I feel like, a and good also, example. And also, we don't have like, like uh, any dating shows, really. No, if you think about no it. No gating. The in, gay dating. Gating. Yeah. Gating. gating. Trademark. There, dun, there dun, was TM, that TM, show. Yeah. There was like that show Prince Charming on Logo for a little bit where it was okay. like this gay man looking for his Prince Charming. Was it The Bachelor, basically? Yeah, but I believe the... I never watched it, but I've heard a lot about it. But the main guy was very problematic, the gay that was picked for it. But, like, I would love to see, like, a mainstream, like, The Bachelor. And I would actually watch it then because I don't... I don't... Newsflash. I do not care about The Bachelor or Bachelorette of all straight people's problems of dating. Yes. (laughs) Getting cheated on. I'm Alan R. <laughs> that happens to everyone daily. So, who cares about the it? stories? The stories on like the straight version of the Bachelor and the Bachelorette are so simplified. Oh yeah, and I believe yes. that they still would be even for a gay version of that show. Everyone would be hooking up on the show. Wait, Think right. about so it. It'd be problem. more. It would it'd be, be like more a, entertaining. Do yes, you guys watch Modern sure. Family? I have. You know, yeah, like the little, ginger. Yes, is that I, Cam? No, Cam's the big gay one. No, Cam's oh, the other one. Tyler. Uh, what's his yeah. name? Character. Yeah, yeah. I'm really bad with names. So <laughs> he did a parody, and it was like the Gay Bachelor, and at the end of it, like all the like contestants just partnered up, and he was alone. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> well, because it is like you know, yeah. obviously the or way like that the Bachelor have, it was and the Cam and Mitch, and yeah. <laughs> or they have like, are you the one where it's like everyone's bisexual or like sexually fluid? They have Tila, that now. Tequila, yeah. shot at love. We yeah. just discussed this we on did. Saturday. Oh my god! Yeah, she's that like was, a Nazi yeah. now. <laughs> Tila Tequila is a Nazi now. Look it up. Problem. She has time. Yeah. We're getting sued. <laughs> you think? I feel like she She's would have a podcast. Too. I feel like she would have one. I hope she does. It'd probably be something like I don't even know. Can you still like? This is a stupid thing to say, but I'm gonna ride with it. Do it. Can you really like be like a fascist and a supremacist, but like you're still known as Tila Tequila? 
That's so true. You're still, you're, you're still an ex-porn star who went on VH1. It was MTV, wasn't it? Oh, I, I don't know. remember. It, I just remember a, a shot, shot of love, love with tequila, 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 tequila. And, and that then was like just... shot at love with tequila, tequila too. Oh. Right quick side, quick sidebar. Do sidebar. it, yeah. Because that was another gay show we could have yeah. mentioned. Yeah, I think it's part of the MTV. Yeah, but, yeah. but rem- yeah. and she recently said like, oh, I was just doing it for. I was buying oh, for the ratings, which is off. so. She found Jesus, I guess. That's yeah. cool. She I guess. found Satan. But I just think it's funny how in all those shows. Flavor of Love, mm. Rock of Love, mm-hmm. I Love New York, mm-hmm. Daisy of Love, Daisy. Oh wow, excuse she me. Had one? Yeah, yeah. So the one girl, I forget what season. <laughs> I remember Rock Daisy. Oh Daisy, her, she looked like the Muppet, the yeah. girl Janice or whatever. Busted. Yeah. But, <laughs> they down. never found. Love. I'm like, yeah, I. We've had eight thousand seasons of Flavor of, of, of love. love. Yeah, bring it back, and bring they kept spinning off. They if had Jersey Charm Shore school. came back. Yeah. That show can come back. Oh my! I'm bringing. Give me it something back. I want to watch. There's no way mm-hmm. Flavor Flav is taken. He's sixty, and I think he just had another kid. <laughs> I saw that on Instagram. That was a pregnant pause. <laughs> I don't know that I have a comment. I have a concern, <laughs> but. And we, as a kid, I would have loved to see more MTV and VH1 shows about mm-hmm. gay people. Yeah. Not just like historical things. I think like that just they are a little bit more shows. now. Like yeah. they have Are You the One, which is like everyone's bisexual. So like you could pair with anyone, which is good. It mm-hmm. shows like we're growing. We're growing. We're willing to see, not based it off gender, but rather be like, if I have a genuine connection with someone. Yeah. I, I okay. don't watch it, but I know my sister watches it, and mm-hmm. she's a big fan of We it. should watch an episode Here's and review it on think. the next People pod. People are like, oh my God, oh my God it's such a like stereotypical view. I was like, they're equally shitty. Oh, yeah. Like, let's not get it twisted. Like, these aren't accurate depictions of love. It's no. TV, but I think it's entertaining. It's still, yeah, like, I want to see myself represented. Like, I would love to see... Like, Flavor of Love, like, they had big girls on the show. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, you can be a big girl and you can still be in the running for this guy's attention competing Mm. at the same level Mm -hmm. as, like, these girls who are small with, like, huge boobs for some reason. Mm -hmm. And it was just, like, I don't care that it's trashy. Some Like, I know that it's trashy. Like, I didn't watch this thinking, like, this is a real genuine connection. Mm -hmm. But, like, represent me. Like, the fact that we just recently... Give me someone to root for. Yeah, yeah, like, the fact that we just recently had a black bachelorette. And I'm like... Rachel? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, how are we just now here? And why is her weave this busted? Black man as a bachelor yet. Listen. Has any black man even, like... Won no, the Bachelorette? I don't think, so, no. No. I don't think even right. a black woman has she ever. Won? Well, I, I guess, don't think yeah. there's been a like a black no one's match. ever because yeah. obviously yeah. the Bachelorette's a loser. Yeah. Like, what a consolation <laughs> prize, yeah. by the way. Yeah, right. I'm like yeah. marriage or a whole bunch of men vying the, for my the love. The show <laughs> in general does not make any sense to get engaged in that short amount of time. No. To me, it's Coco Loco. No, it's cuckoo for Coco. I'm sorry. Are you dissing 90 Day Fiance? Because fuck you. I've never I watched it. Show. Never watched listen, that one either. Yeah. Listen, it's I, that's good crazy. Iconic. About. Yes, I think people. I think people know what they're signing up for. I K O N I K. Iconic. <laughs> but like, did really? Do people really think they're gonna get engaged from like what in three months? I don't think that they think that, but I think that a lot of the audience does 
think that. Like, yeah. I think that, like, they get involved in The Bachelor and Bachelorette mm-hmm. fantasy. They all got too much time on your hands. And they believe like- <laughs> that it's true. They're like, oh, he's not even good for her. I'm like, none of them are good for yes, anyone. Like, actually. that's the whole point of the show. So- As a, as a Christian woman, um, I need to go confess my sins because we just had a side pod about some of our sexual adventures, and I'm cutting that from the entire episode. Mom, so. not mine. Mom, I hope you're not listening. Oh, my God. Wow. It was mainly just Paul and Mike. That's not true. What you're not going to do is <laughs> spread my stuff. It's so true. Yeah, don't, don't throw I'll, my innocent ass under the bus. It, it's killing me. <laughs> Speaking of your ass. Um, anyway, so um, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to take a quick break, reconvene for a second. And we come back when we when, when we come back. We need a holy water. Break. I know. Yeah. When, <laughs> when we return from confession. When we return from confession, um, we'll touch base on like some things that are related to more like modern gay media the and some things stuff. that we see now. So thank you. you. Okay, before we get sued, um, welcome back, everyone. Can you get sued for? Yeah, I don't know. You, get a you can't get sued for season It's a it's a parody. I see. If Ariana Grande comes after this podcast, I call the signature. We're all getting coins. It's a win. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm gonna sue her for like I don't know supporting Frankie Grande or for trying to be black. Hagen, what are you going to sue Ariana Grande for? I love her though. Yeah, you're that gay. We just had a really deep discussion around like Scorpios, horoscopes, the signs, your sun, your moon. And basically, what we've determined is Hagen is a softie. um, I'm a sex craved lunatic. And Eric is a pathological liar. I am a diplomat. (laughs) See, there she she goes. There she goes goes with that pathological liar. Oh my God. Don't fall on your side. Um, but yeah, we just took a little bit of a long break. I've continued drinking. I've switched to scotch because apparently really you're going that, down the hole. It's that campfire everything. scotch, isn't it? It is. The C-A-M-P-F-I-R-E-S-O-N-G scotch. Sorry. It was just like a thing this weekend. You had to be here. Um, so we talked about like game. That was really cunty. Just um, just to everyone know, a podcast is an audio visual or, yeah, audio visual, right? This, no, it's no just visual. audio. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's audio. Where's the um, cameras? No. <laughs> You're right. It's the first time that he's ever drank eye. wine. Yeah, <laughs> I did a big eye roll. <laughs> um, so, we talked about a couple of things. We talked about, like, queer media. We talked about people who helped us figure out that we were gay. Um, but I think it's worth, like, ending this podcast a bit with, like, a, a light reflection on, um, like modern queer media and also turning this over to the listeners that if this is something they want to talk more about in terms of like a modern thing because i feel like 
all of us are much more fluent on some of these modern topics than we are on the like oh, totally. more historic because we're topics. a little bit more in tune with it now yeah like like as as i've become more comfortable with myself oh, yeah. i've become more comfortable with the current modern queer media so mm-hmm. i feel like and whether it's queer whether it's black whether it's whatever like i i find myself more connected to this than i ever have yeah so i feel like from that end we're gonna like touch on these topics we're probably gonna do a couple rants but overall i think that like this is a topic we could come back to so if you are interested in learning more about this please like subscribe um write erica a letter to her jail cell um uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh whatever it is like you know because i think that this is something that we all feel pretty passionate about and i don't say that to like limit what we're about to say i say that just as like a we could go on about oh, yeah. most of these topics is that ariana grande that's no. literally erica badu i'm wearing her sweatshirt wow. i just thought that was a child's uh pl- spray paint Look, on your sweater it's Bruja badu. she's literally an icon like a legend yeah icon legend star just like me okay so <laughs> okay. um <laughs> <laughs> so what we were gonna talk about um is the modern queer tv shows so things that are are part of our life Which right is, now yeah what the, is going on today what is going on today she's current hunty yeah. uh the first one is pose by ryan murphy yeah on netflix season one is yeah and I think season two is going to be on soon because I started watching season two. I watched the first episode mm-hmm. and then FX doesn't have it anymore. Mm. So it soon will be able to catch up on all of it. Homophobic. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? I think this is a good example of some of the things we were talking about earlier that a show can evolve or or, or media has evolved. Oh, totally. To be more inclusive of the LGBTQIA plus experience. Um, because this is a show that is centered on the transgender experience, oh not God. really all that much to do at all with gay rights. Oh no, not as much. No, no, it's, it's, really like, a, it's the, like a subplot. Yeah. Know? Like yeah. the AIDS epidemic that was going on. That's like right, the big, right. um, undertone of like gay men during. Yeah. Like, so why don't you describe what pose is pose? as much as you can? Oh my God. Yeah. The ballroom scene. So Pose is um, a story about these transgender women and the ballroom scene during the 80s and 90s in New York City. And it's such an interesting thing to see because it doesn't only deal with being a transgender woman at the time, but also being a Latina or even a black person at the time, which is interesting to see because I think that's even more important to talk about Mm -hmm. because in our community, there is still like, racism going on it's really, i mean it's racism yeah it's violence like yeah. tra- trans women are killed at a much higher mm-hmm. rate than any other member yeah. in the lgbtq community and obviously therefore the straight community as well yeah so yeah it's it's a really good way i think to look at that yeah thing whether it's it's trans women of color whether they be black or latina exactly. you know it's it's amazing to see what they were accomplishing and doing mm-hmm. in new york during the ballroom scene yeah. during the 80s and 90s and it's a lot of the stuff that is happening on today that we're inspired by those people, mm-hmm. which is incredible mm-hmm. to see. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to see the history of how it all started. And the ballroom seems, seems just so interesting to watch and how different it is from like seeing drag race. Now mm-hmm. it's like a whole different nuance of being like realism. I feel like more so than like a campy aspect drag race is. Yeah. I, I totally agree um and and i love drag race oh yeah um but i do feel that pose 
not as a TV show, it's not my favorite, but what it represents is probably, as you were saying, Mm -hmm. like it inspired Drag Race. Like Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. that idea that people could come together and perform and dress in different categories and dress up as a straight person, a gay person, a masculine person, a feminine person. They could dress up as whatever they want so long as Mm -hmm. it fit that runway category is just like, so fantastic yeah. because it didn't matter if you were part of the queer community or if you were straight. It was just like, just, can yeah. you, yes. Yeah. Like, can freeing. you do the ball? Like, yeah. can you serve a look? Can you mm-hmm. serve a concept? Oh my God, yeah. And so if you're, if you're not familiar, like when say the category is, you know, I, I, I it's like in, in, in the eighties and nineties, it was all about a man or a woman blending into everyday society. Yeah. So say mm-hmm. it was like businessman realness. Mm-hmm. They'd have executive men, queen e- realness. Executive yeah. realness. Yeah. They'd have people come on, dress as executives, walk like executives, carry mm-hmm. their head like executives. They'd be wearing like mm-hmm. suits and high heels, maybe holding a briefcase and they dance like a little bit, but it was more about how you can look exactly like an executive. Right. So like yeah. if you fit that category in that runway or in that, you know, mm-hmm. ball, you would win a trophy and your house would win a trophy <laughs> and your house mm-hmm. was the people you lived with yeah. because most of you got kicked out of your houses. So it's like, it was all about part of that was blending in, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think like pose like captures that perfectly. Mm-hmm. So when I look at like, Oh, the gay that I want to be, I'm like, God, I want to go back to that. Right. Cause I that, be, yeah. that was like the highlight of like nightclub culture during like the eighties and nineties in mm-hmm. New York too. And at times I'm like, I would love to see what it was like going to those clubs. Cause it was like such a big, like it was an event, an event. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cause I was listening to another podcast with Carson Kressley and he was talking about mm. going to those like events, like, before there was social media, those like artists would just randomly show up, like big artists like Madonna, and just like throw on a surprise show, like mm-hmm. just being like in the moment. And it was like Madonna just showing up and performing for people for free, like exactly. poor people. Yeah. Poor like, people. Yeah. People were disenfranchised. I was gonna say and homeless. disenfranchised. Yeah. And yeah. I think what I've always thought was interesting about it is they take, you know, they are the abnormal, and it's like the what's strange here is the normal mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. like it's almost like oh well you know these executives these like you know everyday plain jane white picket fence people mm-hmm. well they frown like they they think they don't even the look clowns. at us yeah and right so yeah. like i've always yeah. seen it as like kind of dressing up as like like you know how making like would yeah like a mockery like, not a mockery yeah, but like it's this. like you know that's this isn't us per se like Mm -hmm. this isn't Mm -hmm. there we make every day into art and i thought that's what was so like Mm -hmm. amazing about it because like in my opinion you know you can have like a revolution is started through art and art is different things it's music like Mm -hmm. we have the harlem renaissance Mm -hmm. it's art the actual renaissance Mm -hmm. um where it's like drawing painting but it's also spoken word and for this it was expression and like putting together these elaborate costumes Mm -hmm. and that was their art and i think they were able to say like hey like everyday world thinks that we're the weirdos well like they're the weirdos and we get to mock them and Mm -hmm. like 
welcome to this completely subverted subculture where like everything is different and like, right yeah we are the norm like right. yeah this is normal here yeah so we're gonna dress like the people we see exactly. on the subway yeah, or like, the people we see on the train the people we see walking on yeah. wall street right yeah. and it's so it's like it's like also it's like a reverence also a mockery also like just like could you ever fit in in this world when yeah, you're actually exactly. this type of person? Or even when you are fitting in, like you, mm-hmm. you are in your costume. Yeah. Right? There's a great scene that Jack and I were just watching last night in season one when Evan Peters character, who is, is oh, essentially yeah. he works for, because it's Ryan Murphy, he works for the Trump organization mm-hmm. in some format. Yeah. He basically works for Donald Trump, but you know, t- tossing that aside, it's, it's Evan Peters character starts uh, dating a trans woman who performs in the ball scene and sh- he goes to one of the balls and there's people talking to him, hitting on him. Like he's watching the things happen and he's like, I'm the straight white man who feels so out of my comfort yeah. zone. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and he's like, this isn't for me. We can't be together yeah. because this is so different. Mm-hmm. And that is the point is mm-hmm. like, this is so different and you don't get this, but you're the ones with all the privilege. You're the ones with all the power. Yeah. So yeah. like we're just mocking you. We're, yeah. we're, we're imitating you. We're taking and, your power and, and, and right. like using and, it to our advantage and, and it's making you uncomfortable. And, and yeah. yeah. And we're competing against it. I think it's like, it's such an interesting, it, like, show and and that's why i think like if if you're interested more about ballroom culture i think watching that yeah. but also somebody watching paris is burning oh yeah uh, have you seen it have you it is I've seen, yeah. like i think it's only 90 minutes you yeah, know it's nothing and, wrong. It, it, and it's just all about like crystal labeja who's the mother of the ball scene how she brought up the house of labeja and some of the other families that were houses that competed in the ballroom scene and then you know they they sort of show you real live footage of the ball and Mm -hmm. of the categories and of people walking the catwalk or walking the runway even though it was just a floor like in a gymnasium somewhere in harlem you know like it's Mm -hmm. it but it was like their time where they came together on a weekly basis just to like perform and i'm like that is the LGBT experience that I want. Yes. That I've like community. That right. community it's, it's, coming together to celebrate something. Right. And everyone's being positive and looking at your interpretation and being like, wow, that's great to see and celebrating that. Yeah. And I feel like that's different from some of the other shows that we mentioned oh, earlier. Totally. It's like, okay, how is that different from Will and Grace and Queer as Folk? It's yeah. like those characters were part of the sitcom they were Mm -hmm. part of the experience or it was like these people are queer look at them yeah but this Mm -hmm. is like this is pose this is culture this is a community they're not like like ballroom yeah it's not personifying it's like everyday life these people rather like how will and grace is like oh i'm gay like like a kind of like a yeah. comedy it's, it's like hokey it's yeah. hokey yeah. <laughs> like cheesy yeah yeah. It, yeah it is like cheesy like again like I, I think they tackle big social issues oh, course, but like yeah. the, the actual queer factor of it is like pretty situational yeah, ah, yeah. Wig. yeah. oh um, wow snatch hat reveal <laughs> um, but yeah it's it's such a great show if you're wanting to learn more about our queer community especially the transgender people yeah Yeah. and yeah especially with the aids epidemic at the time too and like in the 80s a lot of that's coming back in like tv shows now and the aids epidemic is in touch on a lot of other Mm -hmm. shows so i think this is a great one to get into i will forever push 
American crime. The Gianni American Versace. crime story. Oh, amazing mm-hmm. story. Just because, mm-hmm. And that, I think, was the most, like, I remember watching it, and I watched an episode with my dad, and he was like, I remember these headlines. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And, mm-hmm. like, I think there's, like, a wealthy heiress or heir, and she got a blood transfusion from an infected patient, and she was... Mm. considered an icon of the movement because she was like i have aids right mm. and i am not a part of this community right. so i think she brought um, attention to it yeah no one really cared about but it like how sick is that like mm-hmm. yeah it's sad it doesn't it just has to happen to the right person for it to matter for right. to care. and i think that's like i think any any single group can agree it has to happen to the right person mm-hmm. like if Beyonce and like this is obviously such a big statement to say, but <laughs> if, if Beyonce, 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 everyone's was, listening. We're tuned in. <laughs> if Beyonce was like a victim to police brutality, oh my god, our shit would be fixed. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, but yeah. it's and it's never the quote unquote right people. It's never mm-hmm. like right. They're like always protected. That's why I think it's hard when people are like, oh, um, you know, RuPaul is reflective of the LGBTQ community, even Caitlyn Jenner was a big deal on that show. People were like, I was selling my body to afford hormones. Mm -hmm. Right. And you came out and you got like a free $10,000. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, it sucks because you know, there isn't enough in just general pop culture where you're like, like, I think some people are like, Oh, they have it all. Like Mm -hmm. Caitlyn Jenner's, transgender woman like everyone like, loves transgender people because caitlin jenner is such, yeah. such a success right but like and people like, ignore there has been so much turmoil with caitlin alone. yeah that's a uh, whole topic uh that that's that's episode 19 <laughs> i think unpacking the transgender right. yeah i i unpacking gender identity yeah. go back yeah. and listen to that one because i'm pretty sure i trashed caitlin jenner yeah. on that one. yeah uh, and i think it's just you know you always there's, I think there's two types of medias. There's the one that's very real, and I think people choose to avoid it because mm-hmm. it's hard. Like, right, it's all- unless you're in the community, like, are you really watching it? Right. Like, like people I'll- watch Queer Eye because they're like, and I know that's another that's topic a perfect we'll bring up. Yeah. 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 But yeah. people watch Queer Eye because it's like, ooh, Heart these felt. like fabulous gay men, like making, making people, people pretty. <laughs> right. And I'm like, okay, but what happens when like gay people are just, you know? You normal day to day lives just... like you know another person who yeah. you bump into on the, I like I told you about the story on the bus I was riding a SEPTA bus and a mm-hmm. gay man asks a guy in a rude manner but also a Philly manner to move his bag <laughs> and it turned into it started out racial and then it became you know one of the another guy on the bus realized that this was a gay man mm-hmm. and it became so like violently homophobic to the point where like you could tell that everyone was like i don't know what to do this is a big right. man mm-hmm. who are we to interview it's like me and a whole bunch of like younger like older black women right. and we're like what are we gonna do and so i think it's kind of like you know everyone loves the gay person until it's inconvenient to do so and it's the same with black people it's the same yeah, yeah. yeah it's the same with any race it's like mm-hmm. ooh, we love them until they're inconvenient right mm-hmm. and i think that's the issue that i have with queer eyes because it's like these aren't problematic men like no tan everyone's like oh my god like he's like the bitchy one 
I'm like, is he? Is what? he? He's just kind of telling you that like your patterns are fucked. Uh, uh, Wait, I, I, what? Is that what thing that people say? It is like kind of a thing. Oh, I think. I, no, I believe you. I believe it. Yeah. I'm just the when you but watch the show, it's edited that they're not like they're just trying to help that person. Yeah. that's mm-hmm. the way I see it. I don't mm-hmm. see someone being rude. I don't know. Yeah, well, like, I it's, think it's yeah. just like a general. Yeah, it's like a, if, if you if you're a person who tells a friend that you don't like their shirt, yeah. you're obviously yeah. rude like, for saying that. JVN yeah. is just like this, like literal just field of danger. We, <laughs> we right. love him. Yeah. We love yeah. him. I can't even remember <laughs> the other guy's yeah. name. Yeah. He's just doing houses. Oh, like, Bob, busy. Poor, poor Bobby. I know. But Bobby is underrepresented. Fun fact, Bobby has liked one of my tweets because they were in Philly. I was like, look, they're in Philly. So basically, he sucked you off. Yeah, basically... <laughs> <laughs> went to second base with Bobby Burke. Yeah. So, um, speaking of the next most modern show is Queer Eye. We've touched on it. We've talked about it. Mm-hmm. I think that Queer Eye is the one that people who That's, are listening I, yeah. to this are most familiar with. One because Queer Eye for the Straight Guy was such like a catchy name for a show yeah, so that everyone knows of like the old version. Yeah. And then the new version, obviously being on Netflix, is obviously super popular. Mm-hmm. So. I think that that is something that, as a group, we can unpack. So if you're not familiar, Queer Eye is five guys who show up in your life for three days. They make over your house, your wardrobe, your culture, because that's what Karamo I, brings. I don't know I don't, he does. I, is that bad to say? I'm yeah, like, okay, he's so, just really okay. I no, feel like and, and then also he's my favorite. Okay, <laughs> hang on. Oh, my God. Okay, so... so <laughs> Um, they also, so it's, what did I say? It's, it's clothing, home, home food, food, food hair, culture, and grooming, hair. Grooming, yeah. Grooming. Yeah. So it's like everything that you, every Basically external what, image. Yeah. And yeah. then Karamo helps you with like your inside. He's like your therapist. So, yeah. He could. But I so, also does he. But I, does he. I have to say the fourth season with Karamo with the, um, one guy he brought with the shooter. To the don't one guy. Spoil oh, I'm gonna spoil it. I don't care. Drag me in the comments, guys. <laughs> but yeah, he, he like brought the guy shooter, and the guy's now in like mm-hmm. wheelchair. It was like I thought that was like wow, he's actually oh. doing something very like helpful. Big, yeah, yeah, big. Like mm-hmm. I felt like he really tried in like the fourth season compared to the others. Yeah, yeah, and that's where I'm sort of like so. So here's where I am with queer eye. I don't know where I am. It's five fairy godmothers. It's it's really? it's basically like if you're somebody who's good for TV, you're gonna a get these story. five a sob story. Yeah. Basically, if you're a contestant on The Voice, you qualify for the yeah. show. So <laughs> that's another show I have huge problems with. But so <laughs> I really do. Well, um, unpack- I don't even watch it, and I have so many problems with it. We'll so. unpack <laughs> what. <laughs> Singer shows, <laughs> how they can't keep a judge. Yeah. It should have ended after Kelly Clarkson. Done. Yeah, that was American Idol. I know, and then we all the singing shows yeah. canceled. <laughs> the feeling oh, oh okay. God, someone's but ear like ear just exploded. So <laughs> here's the thing: you have these stereotypical men, for the most part, in the early seasons. Yeah, that obviously need help really if like their wives knew how to give a sponge bath they'd probably be okay (laughs) but everyone who watches queer eye watches these men go through this produced experience over Mm -hmm. the course of three days and then after that they're like 
good for life. And then we get to watch the Fab Five fairy godmothers relive their reaction in their bougie living room. Mm-hmm. And, and with their dog. <laughs> with their, with, right. Oh, that's the new yeah, one. The yeah. dog has an Instagram because, yeah. you know, money. So yeah. I, I, love and appreciate the fact that queer people queer people are getting booked queer people are becoming popular what i struggle with the show is that everyone's like have you need, have you seen the new season of queer eye i cried yeah everyone says like, i cried everyone's like it's so emotional and i'm like there's so many other aspects to that show that you could focus on that are not just the fact that it's like what a transformation. Like there's some nuanced discussion that happens in that show Mm -hmm. that is really important. And that's like, they ignored Bobby for basically three, four seasons as he's redesigning homes. And then I forget. And I think it was the most recent season, not the Japan one. He literally has this heart to heart with somebody who also went through like Catholic Christian conversion Mm -hmm. therapy, tough parents, like, lost and missing Mm -hmm. part of your and i was like this is this is the point of this show Mm -hmm. the point of the show is not for a straight man to look back and be like wow i wasn't living the life that i was supposed to live the point of the show is for queer people to connect with straight people and realize we're not all that different from our stories Mm -hmm. and realize that together we can be better and stronger but it's a produced reality TV yeah. show that has yeah, to have humor. So, so yeah. I, w- I want my rant to stop because I started to, to talk about the problem and solve the problem before listening to you guys. So I want to be conscious of the fact that I did that. So, so in your mind, like ignoring the fact what I just said, like let's discuss Queer Eye because I'll <laughs> cut that out. <laughs> no, keep it. Oh, yeah. It was, it was good. good. Um, yeah, I'll, maybe I'll reorganize it though. So if it sounds like you, I actually let you guys speak answer. first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michael. Oh my goodness. So my issue is with that, but also another issue with just setting up the show. I think with the first Queer Eye coming out, having the five guys was great, and it really showed the perspective that queer people are here and that we are not going anywhere. I felt like with the... More new, diverse yeah, than more the original diverse. season. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, yeah. but with my one issue is I think they should have brought in more dimensions of queer people maybe bringing in uh, mm-hmm. some from the lesbian community yeah. yeah not just mm-hmm. men because the, our whole community right. is right. so broad bringing not just like beautiful privileged men. men yeah like why not bring like karama was on real world yeah like, karama is a snack yeah it's snack and also a snake um <laughs> He's on Dancing with the Stars yeah. now and like endorsed something that um, Trump's ex press secretary, yeah. oh, whatever. So, um, but JBN yeah. was also yeah. like famous on reality TV. Yeah. yeah, like Tan, I believe, had a couple gigs. Like Anthony was an Instagram he was a mom, person, yeah. And, uh, oh. yeah. and Bobby was I uh, hopefully Bobby. just good at his yeah. job. I think like, he was. Bobby's the dependable one. Good. I mean, can we all agree? Like, if we're gonna end up with one, we hope it's Bobby. Oh yeah, yeah totally. Right? Okay. Like he we fuck so all of them. Yeah. But we hope we end up with Bobby. Yeah, yeah I feel like JBN would just like hype me up but it'd be like okay but like we have a leaky pipe right <laughs> right exactly like how like do you want me to fix the fridge like before after i remodel your kitchen and you're like oh my god <laughs> thank you thank you like everything yeah. else i can handle but the house please take care of it yeah, i know i'm good with my yeah. food i'm but, good with my hair like, like I'm. but good, yeah but, like yeah. they could have brought in like let someone from the lesbian community maybe a transgender man mm-hmm. or a woman just to bring more of a 
aspect in light that our community is so big and Mm -hmm. you should not only be accepting of the gay men in it but also Mm -hmm. the queer women we have in it Mm -hmm. or the transgender men and women in it yeah and it's less of a problem that i have with the cast i guess i should walk that back a little bit because i i don't really have a problem with the people who are cast because it is a diverse group of gay men at least and 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 and, and ethnically diverse and 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 maybe like talent diverse Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. overall yeah i mean if it's queer eye yeah it's not just an eye of gay men that gay men have for Mm -hmm. people like there's bi people there's lesbians there's transgender people there's people who are in between people who are questioning yeah yeah, like and, and i i just feel that if you're gonna remake a show like that and it's gonna be on something push like Netflix, limits. let's hope that Netflix allowed them to push the limits. It's great yeah. that they've had I think they've they've queer eyed some uh Yeah, they like like trans people. Yeah. Or, I remember they some, had some, a transgender transgender woman, yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, they, they try to make a diverse people who they pick from. It's just our community's so vast. Let's take advantage of that so each person could get that screen time and that people are like oh wow i never thought i would relate to someone that is transgender Mm -hmm. or bisexual or Mm -hmm. Mm non-binary it's important that we show those people because i to me gay men are at the top of the totem pole and especially yeah especially oh yeah totally as a white gay man i feel like i am at the top and i want to be able to voice my opinion to help my community and give Mm -hmm. back to them and be like hey yeah i'm well accepted but Mm -hmm. don't forget about the people in my community it's important that they're they're treated the same as me that's right it's like i've never really had a problem with being accepted yeah or the problems that i've had have been so minute i've been Mm -hmm. able to work around them Mm -hmm. exactly and that's not the same for the rest of the queer community like that's not the same some people have a lot bigger struggles than we do and we're very lucky and i want to be able to support them and give back that hey you deserve the same chances we all do Mm -hmm. yeah and even though like i'm part of a marginalized group I want to recognize my privilege within this marginalization. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if you've ever felt that way around like the, the black community, you know, like, is that, is that something that exists there in like tears? Uh, Yes and no. I think what I will say is we will always, we cannot hide the fact that we're outsiders. Mm -hmm. So even though I grew up in a suburban neighborhood, I was an outsider in that sense. Um, Thanks for the wine. I'm going to chug it. <laughs> he hasn't drank it in an yeah. hour. Yeah. Um, but I'm just built like a tank. But um, <laughs> Body built tank. Like, but yeah. yeah. Um, but it's Sorry. kind of like, you know, I grew up. Yes, my parents, we were middle class. Mm-hmm. And I was an outsider in one way. But I think um, in general, just black people. And I actually had a conversation with the Tinder Bay, but um, he's like, you know, everything's just so singular that at no point either you fit into this really screwed up stereotype or they can't. Of black people? Yeah. Or Mm. they can't figure you out and they're like, ooh, that's weird. And I think um, Mm. even with the LGBTQ community, you see that a lot where it's like, oh, well, you're you know, a gay man and, but you're like super into football. 
Right, you can't right. be you can't it's be like, like oh, a contradiction. Yeah, yeah it's which like you, sucks. You like, can't. Wow, you're have, athletic. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> literally black mm-hmm. and white. Yeah. Where it's like mm-hmm. there's no room for just the uniqueness of the person. Right. Where it's like there's literally something called blurred con, which is like black nerds, mm-hmm. and so it's cool. because it's this group that's kind of like not accepted by, right. you know, because they're, they're not represented in mm-hmm. video games like. If I want to dress up as Lara Croft, like it's kind of comedic, right? Right. Because it's like, yeah. ooh, like, or mm. even if I wanted to be Snow White, like, there's a show or there's an episode of This Is Us where like the little black girl oh. gets a lead as Snow White and mm. people are laughing. So I think it's <sighs> it's always this you just don't fit, and I think yeah. in media, um, where we do fit is very much the same with gay men mm. is super like. It's this tiny little, like, this tiny, tiny little role that we all fit. We're like, mm. I'm supposed to be like, that, bitch. Right. That's, you need yeah. no man. Right. You're like, supposed every to be like, stereotype. Yeah. Every black girl 20 years ago was supposed to be Missy Elliott. Yes. Yeah. Then 15 years ago, Beyonce. Mm-hmm. And then 10 years ago, Nicki Minaj. Right. Yeah. And Cardi B now. And then yeah. Cardi, some version of Cardi B, Lizzo. And, and City and Girls. I, I, yeah, and I was going to say, and I think it's true that we had like, like we, yeah. well, we had like the return of Beyonce to fill that gap. And yeah. then since the last five years, it's Cardi B, yeah. and Nicki it's Minaj, and Lizzo. The, yeah. And I think that's where shows like Queer Eye kind of fit in, where it's mm. like, it's, it's more of a phenom- phenomenon amongst the straight community than Pose. Mm-hmm. And I think Pose, you see this huge, like, literal rainbow of the queer community. Oh, yeah. Whereas, like, but who queer watches eye, it? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Queer mm-hmm. Eye, it's like, you know, five gay men who mm-hmm. have money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's call it what it is. Like, they don't, they aren't struggling for hormones. They're not struggling to fit in by They're and comfortable. Large. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, everyone will always have, you know, those times where like, you know, someone approaches them in a way that's just kind of like they come at you sideways. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because what people need to consume is not what they are. Right. And, like I think yeah. shows like Queer Eye are like super heartwarming. Yeah. It's great. But to yeah. me, it's Heartfelt. just like yeah. a gayer HGTV. It really is. That's like, yeah. the best it's like the play. Property Brothers, but if they fuck. It's right. like if yeah. they put pop, <laughs> if they took Property Brothers that. and put What Not to Wear together. Yeah. And right. like it had a child and I was like, this is it. Yeah. Whereas, I, like, I think that's so true. Yeah. And also like, Thank you so much for your description of what it's like to to like have tears within pop culture mm-hmm. because I think the way that yeah. Michael and I were describing it, oh my god, I think the way that Hagen and I were describing it was much more like tiered yeah. of like 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 this. We were clearly speaking of it from like our white minds, yeah, like mm-hmm. and our our feelings. Like we know that this probably isn't okay or right, but like you really. I think nailed yeah. why it's not right. Like I think we we have the feeling, but, but we, we need can, you to connect us yeah, with the reality articulate a little it. bit. And that was like really helpful because I feel like now I can go and like, can, like think about that in a yeah. different yeah. way. So everyone who is listening just take some notes because Erica's so wise. Um, but follow me on Instagram, Erica underscore me. <laughs> Non-spawn. Cool dad uh, travels. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> But yeah, that's why I think that's so interesting. And I, I feel like we're segueing a bit into the, the topic of, of drag race, yeah. um, which is, I think, to me, 
the show that could potentially be the blend between Pose yes. and yes. Queer Eye. Because there are right. queens of privilege. There are like people of color who really struggle yeah. on that show. However, I think all three of us can agree that the way that those stories are told is not always optimal. Yeah. And, no. and, and let me first, you know, do my due diligence as a, uh, producer EP and host of the show. Um, <laughs> producer just, and EP uh, is the same thing. I literally just gagged. <laughs> but so like, Drag Race is a combination, I would say, of America's Next Top Model and Project Runway. Mm-hmm. And it's it's drag queens that perform each week. They have a challenge, whether it be acting, construction, constructing a new look, or singing, singing dancing, dancing comedy, yes. reading. It really um, is all reality TV shows it, put into one. And, and they're probably right. one of the most talented people you will yes. ever get to 100%. watch. A hundred percent. It's a blend of people who have multiple skills. They may be better at serving fashion runway than they are at making jokes. Yeah. But the whole concept is, is it's like this. Well, what it started as is this mockery of reality television because oh, yeah. we have all these like oh are you the best jokester right. are you the best like uh model no. are you the best this and basically rupaul formed this show back in 2008 or 2009 and was like i bet you drag queens can do all of the stuff that you've been seeing oh on God. reality yeah. tv and can do it better and that's why i love the show because oh i God. think that its roots are core um and i think that if you were to go back and watch seasons Two, three, four, and, and one. Five. I great. mean, one was good. One you, was the baby that started. It all, so you, you might respect it. Yeah. You you might as well just rub Vaseline on your glasses <laughs> because that's about all you can see with the quality. It was a low budget show. It was. Um, and and uh, Rebecca Glasscock wore jeans on the runway. Um, so like full on wet seal. Oh so, yeah, I <laughs> they were all so, shopping at wet seal. Uh, yeah. That's fine. They were going for that. Feminine realness. But it's also realness. good yeah. to see realness. like the yeah. evolution. Yeah, of it's it. it's like, so cool to yeah. see from jeans to literal like fucking when, like, gown to see where yeah. they mm-hmm. got the concept of the show and to where it is now after at season eleven. It's crazy mm-hmm. to see how many queens there have been yeah. and like the transformation. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And if you're not familiar with the cultural phenomenon of Drag Race, let me just break down the tea for Learn. a second. <laughs> so seasons one, two, three, four, and five and All Stars 1 were um, all on Logo, but they were getting very popular. So seasons six and season seven and season eight were the last three seasons to be filmed on Logo. And I believe maybe All Stars 2. Yeah. And then VH1 took the show from Logo and since it has become on VH1 in seasons 9, 10, 11, and 12, it has exploded in popularity. Um, and you probably have seen that because you've probably seen like drag queens at random events or drag queens. Like, yeah, they're everywhere now. Yeah, you they're can't everywhere. stop them. It's all over Facebook. It's all yeah. over Facebook. Well, that's like, yeah. like I don't, And that's the thing. I don't see because I'm not really on Twitter. Like we were talking mm-hmm. earlier, I'm only on Twitter for porn. I'm only on Snapchat for porn. Um, and I'm not on Facebook at all because I like porn. Um, so uh, I'm only really on Instagram anymore. Help me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only really on Instagram anymore. And like Instagram is based on who you follow, right? right. So like you're only going to see. It's very the, the, yes. yes it yeah. Is. Instagram basically I'd look like a drag queen if you were to look at my search results. So, oh, yeah. Um, drag has absolutely exploded in popularity. It's, it's now on shows on Netflix like... Um, Dumplin, 
Um, there's Hurricane Bianca, Hurricane Bianca 2. Is that uh, the one where she goes to Russia? Yeah. Yes, from Her- Russia with love. Number um, two holds up. I holds loved up. it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I binge watched them both in a day. 10 yeah. out of 10. And, and that's the thing. So like, like drag has exploded and now there's All Stars 1, 2, 3, 4. There's Drag Race UK, Drag Race Thailand seasons 1 and 2, which Drag Race Thailand... Holy shit. I have Incredible. to do a plug. Um, and um, and then there's the Switch, which is the Brazilian version of the show. So, like, there's so many versions of Drag Race And then Race there's now. Australia coming out and oh, Canada, yes. too. Yeah. So we're getting yeah. even more. It's drag crazy. Race Canada. And it, are any of them named RuPaul's Drag Race? Or are they all Drag Race Canada? I don't Canada? know yet. I know Brooklyn's yeah. connected to Canada. I, do. I don't think yeah. RuPaul will be in I it, though. Brooklyn no, Heist. same. Yeah. yeah. Like, fucking amazing. fierce. So yeah. many good looks. Yeah. And that's the thing. Never it's like, fear. The North yeah. is here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, drag has absolutely exploded as a cultural phenomenon. Yet it's been around since the days that Pose has been like representing. Mm-hmm. And it was around before that that drag queens were the people who started the gay liberation movement that allowed us to get gay marriage fifty years ago. Today, hello, mm-hmm. not today. This year. Um, so I was like, <laughs> it's not today. I thought I was gonna hit that line. Okay. But so so I think Drag Race, if you're not watching it, highly recommend that you do because Drag Race has now become a show for straight people. And mm-hmm. I think that's where some of our gripes are going to live um, as we're talking it's about great. it. But it's also it's the like best show. Ever. Oh, yeah. it. Yeah. The, it, basically, the biggest yeah. issue, I think, with the show is the fans. Some of yes. some of y'all suck. Some of these stands need to sit. Yeah, because they're really pitting everyone against each other and not letting any of the queens really. I feel like thrive. Yeah, yeah. I would say because they want their favorites to win so bad that they're willing they're just, to say anything. They take people down, and yeah. I do think that it's. I don't know how to say this in a way that doesn't make me sound heinous, but. It is, I think once things leave the culture that they belong to, mm-hmm. this like toxicity starts to filter yeah. in where it's like now we have, you know, in my head, I'm like, okay, we have Cardi B, who's an Afro-Latina woman. We have um, Nicki Minaj, who is also, she's in, she's Caribbean yeah. and she's, you know, she represents this culture too. And there's like... You know, there's that still Going like island overlap, yeah. and then they're fighting tooth and nail. And you see people like commenting on Cardi's pictures, like, "Oh, Nikki's right. the shit," blah da 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 da. And then you have people commenting on Nikki's pictures, like, like "Oh, Cardi, you're dead, you're yeah. old, like Cardi's you're old news, you. like you're nothing." And it's just like people just come in with this toxicity, and I'm like, "You are missing the point," right? Because it's like, all right. Do your Becky thing. in the comments, you can say what you want, mm-hmm. but like the fact that, you know, Brooklyn Heights is doing this well mm-hmm. and like she's making a name for herself, that means that, you know, there's another drag queen and like, I don't know, fucking like Saskatchewan queen yeah. of Canada. Can it's now like, thrive I for that feel, goal. Yeah. yeah, like I feel that there is a future for me. Exactly. And this passion can become something fruitful. My like Part, like my hobby could become my job and I right. think that's what a lot of people want sometimes you don't you don't want to do something you just do for work you want right. a, your hobby to be the you thing want you want to be a passion yeah you want to be passionate about it and I think another big issue with a lot of the fans with Drag Race is 
they don't realize that the show's taped and like they'll be like oh you should kill yourself like why did you make that decision you should have dropped out i'm like girl it already happened there's right. nothing you could change about Coins the past been spent, yeah been there's made. no reason to put out that energy when it's nothing you can control it's nothing you can do it's funny because i was talking to one of my friends and i was like this next generation like my kids are going to be shitty all um, of our kids are going to be shitty. I hope because, that we can help them, though. But yeah. how? Like, I thought about yeah. it. Okay, either we give them their social media and their cell phones, and that makes them shitty, or we don't, and they're fucking weirdos. Well, I think, especially you think it's it, age? No, I don't think it's age necessarily, but I view it from the lens of... I grew up with technology. I think you guys are probably pretty much the same as me. Yeah, it's yeah. like my first AOL instant message screen name was when I was 10 years old. So right. skill shooter, 1991. I'm um, sorry. What? I'm sorry. Um, skilled shooter. Skill shooter. I wasn't allowed changed. to have one. <laughs> I was so going like, say my black ass parents I, were like, you're not getting abducted. Right. Well, I grew up with AOL and instant messenger when my parents were growing up with AOL and instant messenger. Mm -hmm. And so they were growing up and didn't know how to police me online. And the generation in between my parents, right. The Mm -hmm. generation in between my parents and me, that sort of like in between millennial and like late boomer, like they were sort of more fluent. Yeah. Like generation X, like, but they, like, but they were sort of more fluent, but sort of not. And so like, they are better at policing their kids, but not as good as we could be. So that's why I think like our kids can't be as shitty as we were in a way to our parents because we know the internet better than yeah. We're the we created the internet we created and we could take you away from it. <laughs> yeah, and so I think about like the hatred online. Like parents must be mindful of the way that their kids are commenting and posting. Yeah. Now well, kids I, will figure out the internet faster than we can. I was gonna, but say, we have to try to keep up. I think it's. It's hard because to one extent, you know, our kids are, our kids are going to know what drag queens are Mm -hmm. and they're not going to see them as, you know, F's and F's just flaunting, like, you know, going around. Fighting fighting for gay rights. Yeah. yeah. They're going to be like, yeah, like that's just another performer. Mm -hmm. Um, So she sucks because she's not as good as another one. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's not. It's all perspective. It's all an opinion. It's not, you know. It's not queer versus queer. It's queen versus queen. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, that'll be great and that'll be beautiful. But I also think that as like our, so you know how they say it takes like 10,000 hours to get good at something. Uh We've been practicing this shit for 400 years, at least from a racism perspective. Mm -hmm. So we really good racists. Yeah. Like we've passed our Mm 10,000 hours on literally every type of discrimination. And like you can kind of see it now within the gay culture, definitely when the black within the black culture, it's not just like I'm black, you're black. It's like I'm dark skin, you're light skin, right. you're mm-hmm. mixed, you're Dominican, you're Puerto Rican, you're Afro Latina. It's like we find so many ways to segment ourselves, and right? It's the Instead same of bringing each other community. together, like yeah. oh, you're fat, like you, she's too, he like she's too femme for me. Well, that's too right, mass, and that's yeah. like my gripe with Drag Race right now. Yeah, you know, I don't know how like detailed you guys were getting into it, but it was just like for me, it's like 
we have these queens on this show who have no money. Like I think about season eight, Chi-Chi Devane mm-hmm. was addicted to drugs, was in jail, was like raised by only her mother, and then somehow got onto this show, started putting out looks, was incredibly talented in lip syncing and acting and comedy and everything in between. And then with her runways, she started getting read for filth by the judges who have seen so much high drag. I won't say good drag. Yeah. High drag. Yeah. Of wow, like this is really impressive, like what these queens are putting out. And her looks in comparison looked so basic. And I'm like, you're reading her for wearing a bathing suit and a hat and a cape for her superhero neon look. Mm-hmm. But the amount of money and work it probably took her to build something like that is what's fucking impressive about the queer right. community. And, also, and we're degrade we're degrading that. Right. We're not celebrating Putting that. everyone else and, on a pedestal. She had to but... lip sync for her life that episode. Avi killed it because mm. she's super talented. Yeah. And it's part of the narrative that the show produces, and I understand that, but I just can't help but feel that like those are the stories we should be celebrating, right. not the don't come for me Aquaria who comes from Westchester who Mm -hmm. immediately shows up with money uh, because her parents support her drag and she works her ass off but she also had enough money to move to New York so she can get booked and she can work hard and she can pay her rent Mm -hmm. and it's not to say that her drag's not impressive her her drag is insane oh it's incredible it's incredible like and it's the most high drag but like when you think about shows like Pose and what is genuine in terms of Pose like that Chi-Chi Devane character who lived in the bayou of mm-hmm. New Orleans who had no money and had to come from prison and drugs to get on the main stage of RuPaul's Drag Race to only get red and sent home for not being polished enough is like so what is right. wrong. Right. Never, what what is What puzzles me about drag. Yeah. It's not wrong because mm-hmm. I get it. It's a show that promotes high drag. It's yeah. not a show that presents the... Yeah. It's a competition. The, it's, yeah. it's a competition. It, it's a competition. Yeah, that's yeah. the main yeah. purpose of the show. I think what people need to understand is drag is your concept. It's what you believe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is your type of style. And no matter if it's high or low on what you're spending on it, you should just be able to appreciate it and be like, wow, that person put a lot of work into coming up with that look. And it's not your place to be like, oh, that's terrible. Because when you're going to a drag Mm -hmm. show outside of like watching RuPaul's Drag Race, you're going to be entertained. You you shouldn't think of it as, oh, well, that outfit was terrible. Like, Mm -hmm. why would they go out in that? Well, you don't know their story. You don't know their life. They're putting on a show and they're putting on that fantasy. And they're doing more than you are. Exactly. They're mm-hmm. working their asses off so to make a dollar. So take your dollar bill out and tip them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Always tip your drag queens mm-hmm. and your strippers, please. Tipping is compulsory. Yes. Yeah. And that's what I think a lot of the fans need to understand, that it's an opinion and you your opinion's not always right. Mm-hmm. And what that person does with their drag, that's their style. And you got to be like, you know what? I appreciate what you're doing because... I am entertained from what you're showing me. Exactly. And I think Chi Chi is one of the most entertaining ones that has stepped through and one of the most talented. Oh, I go back and watch that video of the Bitch Perfect Challenge, which is the play on Pitch Perfect and just is 
Yeah. Fears. Yeah. Like, How about we go? What's like mm-hmm. one video you think viewers should watch from Drag Race? From Drag Race. Yeah. Oh my God. I think I might have just said There's it. There's so but, many. Um, I, I think if you're wondering, like, should or should I not get into Drag Race, I feel like there are queens that can launch you into sh- it. Launch you into Drag Race. And my number one queen for me, which we were getting into this yeah. earlier, but I didn't get a chance to say yeah. it to you. Um, my number one queen is a queen called Ben de la Creme. Oh, yeah. Um, I love Ben. Ben de la Creme. I know. And so Ben de la Creme first showed up on season six. The first season I watched was season five. The second season I watched was season six. And Ben de la Creme to me was the epitome of somebody who had some privilege but struggled because their mother passed away. Um, you and know, also like a kooky like sense that very, some people oh, don't yes. understand. Yeah, like like very much like is the queen who you would compare to Mr. G on Summer Heights High. Like like she's kooky, she's funny, she's silly, she's talented, she can mm-hmm. lip sync, she can serve a look, but really looks are not as much of the thing so much as like the the talent she's just talent so and the presence that she brings to mm-hmm. a stage she can do a character she did this amazing thing where she pretended to be maggie smith uh who played professor mcgonagall in harry potter and like she does this impression like just spot on so well and so like for me any any youtube video around ben de la Creme, i believe she does one that's like about like the evolution of drag or the evolution of dance mm-hmm. that like is related to that guy who did like the evolution of dance video. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's all about like, she serves, I think in this video, like 10 to 15 different looks of drag. And by the end of it, you're like, I saw a bug. I saw a leather goddess. I saw this. And she's just taking off clothes, taking off Mm -hmm. layers, taking off layers. So talented, amazing queen. So like when I think about like clips to watch, like I always think like I would go to, um, uh, (laughs) Anaconda, Lip sync oh, yeah. between Ben de la Creme and Aja. That one's great. Iconic. Iconic. It was amazing. It was the first uh, lip sync of uh, season three of All Stars, and it was amazing. So that's how I would say get into Drag Race and just see what the fuck it's all about because you'll be like, though, watch this lip sync battle on Comedy Central. That has holds Mm -hmm. no candle to what the queens could do on Drag Race. That's the straight appropriation of drag culture. Alyssa Edwards first. I think it was like Coco Montrese. Oh, Oh, season five. I like. I know. When it's uh, oh, what's season that? five? Also, Alyssa versus Tatiana in All Stars too. Yeah. Oh like my both God. of them. Rihanna, shut up and drive. Yeah, I, I shut up just, and I drove they, away. But didn't they both get to say after? Yes, yeah. yeah. Which was and they desert. and they both <laughs> and they both sent Phoebe home. Yeah, <laughs> the gag of the yeah. century. And like I would, I would agree. I would say Alyssa versus Coco Montrese and Alyssa versus Tatiana are two yeah. amazing and videos Alyssa, to watch. I will say, mm. I am forever impressed by the ways that some of these queens have monetized. Oh, like, because yeah, they yeah. know. Moguls. Like, they know that this is a wave, and they also know that waves crash. Mm-hmm. And they're like, let me ride this wave to the motherfucking shoreline. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we have, like, mm-hmm. they're on Netflix. Like, Alyssa has, like, a, a Netflix special. Queen. Dancing yeah. Queens. Yeah, and or Dancing Queen. Yeah, and it's just like, get your coin, make your money yeah. off of this. And I forever wish. It's a wish, hustle. And oh. I wish that people realize that like these 
like these queens are hustlers mm-hmm. in and oh, out. Yeah, they mm-hmm. were working in bars. They had to hustle to get to yeah. where they are, and they're like, "Why stop now?" It's like they're been working making for me. the big thing is that they make their own costumes, mm-hmm. and I say I think that says a lot because it's like you know we like we are taking couture and like obviously you can get higher quality fabrics you can get higher quality just like pieces Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day they are making you know what might be a couple hundred dollars worth of fabric and Mm -hmm. whatever into what looks like a you know gianni versace Mm -hmm. summer collection look Yes. Right. And that's what's so incredible. Yes. It's like when they do those challenges that are drag on a dime. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's incredible like, what their oh. like creativity can Don't you wish that you could? Even the I ones that never. are bad, I'm still like. I barely could put a Halloween costume together. Right. <laughs> no, I had bought, I bought mine on Amazon. Oh. I used to sew leopard print onto all of my jeans. I love that. Like leopard can print you bring that back? <laughs> I really might. I'm not I'm really sure I want to unpack I mean, that. leopard's back. <laughs> I mean, I'm a cheetah girl. Cheetah, oh, cheetah sisters. I'm, we stand together. We'll post the picture <laughs> of my Halloween yeah. costume. Um, but I, I think for me, the one... I So when I started watching Drag Race, I started with All Stars 3. Very controversial one. Okay, you're new. Oh, I watched all of them though, darling. Don't no, get it I'm, twisted. That's fine. Don't Welcome get back. it twisted. I'm new as well. I'm technically new as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm but new. yeah, I'm all caught up. But see, I got into season three because of Trixie. I, I like stumbled across her because i was like as a gay man when i was younger or boy i was obsessed with barbies and my sister and i wasn't allowed to play with them and i think trixie being like a barbie i was Mm -hmm. like let me like delve into drag race and see what it's about and i think the episode where they do the bitchler and it's like the knockoff of the bachelor yes Mm -hmm. and i think those performances are some of the funniest mm-hmm. stuff like that Bennett, is the ben de la creme performance that i would yes, recommend ben de la creme being a cougar and then <laughs> kennedy davenport playing like uh oh my god why is what is she like a like a nasty oh uh, hi pedro she is just they're so funny in that i think seeing that comedy i was like i'm obsessed with the show i get it because this is fun. the comedy i've wanted yes like something that i'm just it's like gender fuck yeah like yeah. And it's just off script. And you're just like, wow, this takes a lot of talent. Like, I could not come up with these character ideas and, like, Mm -hmm. making this point. And I think that's what really draws me to the show is just the creativity. Oh, it's so creative. Which is what you started this podcast by saying is that it's the creativity of pop culture and the freedom of pop culture. So we're going to take a quick break. But then we're going to be right back to talk about the gays that we idolize now. So thank you so much. So um, welcome back to Let's Unpack That, everyone. Um, To close out this podcast, we're going to do a quick game. So stay along with us as we talk about the celebrities, characters, and people who kept you gay. Um, So, mom and dad. (laughs) (laughs) We started this podcast by talking about, um, you know, the the four people that helped us realize that we were gay, the four people characters who quote unquote turned us gay um and i think it's like fitting to end out this episode with us talking about um 
<laughs> that was my first one. And I whoop. <laughs> yeah. Um, with the with the people who like helped us stay gay and yeah. stay proud to be gay. Yeah. Um and and it's not about just saying like, oh, this gay person taught me to be gay. Like JVN was like, yes, queen. So now I'm yes, queen. Like that's not what I view that as. Like, JVN said but West, I, yes, queen. So I said, yes, I said queen. yes, queen. <laughs> I heard she got a what is it from Mean Girls? She's like, I heard she got a makeover, boobja in Japan or whatever it is. What is that? What is I that quote? Oh my god. I, okay. I said I can't remember. I'm not a stand. Also because oh, fuck you. Well, because everyone's like October third is Mean Girls Day. No, bitch. You want to know what happened before Mean Girls? My fucking the birth. Ides of I March. I was gonna say oh, your no. birthday. Okay. <laughs> birthday. Okay, go back to fucking Northeast Philadelphia. One time for the birthday, bitch. No, you already did that. I feel attacked. <laughs> We're about to get sued. <laughs> I know. When we get the cease and desist letter, I'm sending mine your way. Yeah, <laughs> you can pay my fee. Um, okay, so. Who wants to start? Who's the character that's kept you queer? Let's start with the non-queer. <laughs> I was going to say, well, as a non-queer. Oh, God. Um, I think there have been... Ugh, it's hard, like, because I'm yeah. not queer. Yeah, so it's more so that it's, you... I think it's more it's... so, because I think with a lot of it, it's feeling empowered in mm-hmm. yourself and your identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, for you guys, a big part of your identity is being queer. Um, and mine is being like a black woman. And I also, I literally have her tattooed on my body, but Erica Badu, who I saw last night, um, and at the, at her, at the end of her show, she has everyone, you know, hold their hands up and like the gist of it is we are just energy right now. So she's like, you feel the warmth in your hands. That's my energy. That's the person next to you's energy. That's, um, this, that's the white guy's energy. That's the black woman's energy. That's the, um, trans woman's energy. And it's just her big thing is like, we're all person. Mm. Um, but then on top of that, also that she's fashion like, icon. Oh my god, she! Mm-hmm. I live. She is forty eight. She's on all four knees, popping that bag out. Mm-hmm. I am literally half her age, and I cannot do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think her big thing is it's like I feel like the reason why she's just this like beautiful, healthy, um, lively person is because she has just always been herself. Right. Um, and her expression, like in the crowd, there are people like, oh yeah, well, you know, Erica, she's real weird. And that's always been her thing hmm. is Erica Badu has hmm. always been out there and her music is so pure and she's hip hop. She's R and B. She's soul. She's funk. She's jazz. And I think she can transform herself because she has such a strong sense of self. And like, I very much aspire to that because like when I like Erica Badu is just first of all her vagina alone <laughs> like she literally has a child with Andre 3000 what yeah seven yeah I think that's her firstborn and she's just to me the definition of an icon mm. and like I like imagine six-year-old Erica singing Erica Badu's Tyrone like I have 
some like broke ass man in my life. I'm like sitting here like, you better call Tyrone. <laughs> <laughs> like, my parents are like, yeah. what is she singing this right. for? Yeah. <laughs> Don't you yeah. love that? They're like, why is she upset mm. about this broke man when she's literally a mooch? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, she doesn't even pay rent. I'm like, they're like, whose way is she paying? Mm. Um, and it's just like, she's all the things and then she's like, but then I'm nothing. Like she hmm. leaves it all to the universe. Right. And I think yeah. Yeah. that's why she's just like such an icon for anyone. And she never specifically says, mm-hmm. you know, I represent this group or like, right. I am this group. She's right. like, we are being. Right. Yeah. And, but don't ignore that diversity in being because that's why, like, that's why our energies are so beautiful mm-hmm. because they're mixed mm-hmm. and they come from different places. So she a real bad bitch. I like that. I like that. I was just Googling and reading about her while you were like talking about it. Because I don't know that much, you know. Yeah. And I was hanging out with some of my artsy friends. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. We're going to get so many cease and desist letters. (laughs) Erica would never. (laughs) Erica would never do that to Erica. I'm literally wearing her fucking face Mm -hmm. on my body. Hmm. Put this on the Instagram. Hagen, all right, mine. You're up. Mine, who's who's mine, kept you gay? Mine's more a uh, personality. I would say Tyler Oakley from YouTube. Oh. Just hmm. I, growing up, I wasn't super comfortable with my sexuality, and then as I evolved, he got me there, and like now he I, also evolved. Yeah, he like, evolved you as were, well. Right? Yeah. yeah. He turned into a snack. Mm-hmm. A nice snack. So like seeing him now, he like keeps me like, oh, I really want to be a better person and like support the community and just he's i just like him so much he's just i just really love him i just love his personality (laughs) tyler if you're single uh i don't think that he is (laughs) yeah he's not i know but you think that stayed off the market oh i know i mean he's still on grinder (laughs) oh okay so he's open yeah he's i i listen to his podcast so like that's i to me so you're trying to manifest that shit yes yes it's Mm -hmm. on my vision board i don't know is that all you're going to say about Tyler Oakley? Tyler, I just love what he's... I think he's just great for the community as one of like the first like queer people on YouTube. And he's like, he, also yeah. done a lot of education around yeah. like queer history, which he, I, I didn't know that he was doing. I yeah. thought he was more about like hookup culture and right. just like stereotypical like like kind of like but, all the instigates yeah like, right but he, i feel like he is very much evolved like yeah. with the way that he educates people for just from what i've seen yeah. compared to what i thought of him yeah so. he does a lot for the community like giving back and i just think he's a real good example of what social media can do to help a community he really tries to make a difference rather than just taking some nudes and putting it on your instagram mm. Mm. only Flans. Flans. <laughs> Slash Mike Hagan. <laughs> I like <it. laughs> um, I like that. Um, so my queer icon is 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 a uh, character <laughs> from a, a very straight stop, stop. straight television. I hate this uh, already, but I love it. Brilliant. Uh, and I'm getting a tattoo of her very soon. Oh my god! Uh, please oh my put god. this in my butt. Let's go. So, um, did you guys ever watch Mad Men? Oh my no. God, Christina Hendricks character. Christina Hendricks uh, character, Joan Holloway. She was a bad bitch. A bad bitch, non-committal. 
Like, literally. She literally helped you with your career. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, but like, actually, just a little. Um, I can't. So, uh, Joan Holloway in Mad Men, that character is is a, a advertising an employee in the advertising industry in the 1960s, which is as a woman, you started out as a secretary. That was your job. You got paid 50% less than the men or less than that. Um, and you basically were told like, well, this is your job. You type it out. You do whatever you want. So Jones, and then let me see your titties. Right. Yeah. And also like, I'm going to fuck you whenever I want. So mm-hmm. like Mad Men is always a stretch from the truth, but I don't think it's that far of a stretch because mm-hmm. I, fully believe that that was happening, especially in like the Mad Men advertising man Mm -hmm. um, era. And so Joan is this character who starts as a secretary, moves her way to managing all of the secretaries, then becomes like a mentor for them slash office manager. And eventually at the end of the series, she ends up being partner. And a lot of what she does in the 60s is things that she had to do in order to advance her career. Mm -hmm. So whether it was getting an abortion, having a baby of one of the partners, um, managing somebody, firing somebody, like covering up for somebody. It's this idea of this person in the workplace, in a field that I work in, in marketing, advertising, event management, um, that this person did whatever they could to stick out, survive, and be valuable at the expense of her family. And herself. And herself. Um, and to me, that character resonates with me so much, um, because you could write, you could write a dissertation on any of the characters in Mad Men. The whole idea of the show is you're watching Mm -hmm. characters where nothing actually happens. Um, but like her character specifically goes on this journey from kind of being like the bitchy female in the office, but she's that way for a reason. But you know, she's the bitchy female in the office to being an executive in the office. Mm-hmm. Um, and during that time, she has many sexual partners. She has a marriage that fails. She has a baby that she gets aborted, and then she has a baby that is born. And so, like, there's all these things that she goes through um, that just make you feel like connected to this character as like a. I don't know if it's a gay icon or a struggle icon, um, but to me, like her, her struggle is indicative of anybody in the workplace who is talented, smart, and capable, yet feels like they have something else that they need to prove, which mm-hmm. I think can be said for a lot of people in marginalized communities. Mm-hmm. It's, I need to be this level of extra and this level of perfect. I have to do everything. To, to, I have to do everything I can to mm-hmm. even remotely succeed. What, yeah. Yeah, and so, like, I just think it's, like, all about her. It's, like, her trying to find balance, her trying to be successful. But, like, the reality is at the end of it, like, she she can't totally be successful. And, like, you know, she succumbs to some of the things that degrade her sexuality, that degrade her as a human, that Mm -hmm. degrade her responsibilities. And and she accepts that as part of, like, I have to deal with this in order to get further. And I think it's, like, a sad not ending, but a sad story for her. Cause I'm sure like her ending is positive. Like most TV shows, I just can't remember off the top of my head, but like the journey is positive because the journey like indicates what she learned. So Christina right. Hendricks, Joan Holloway, Mad Men, my God, can't wait to get that tattooed also, on my thigh. Also, she is an absolute babe. <laughs> like that bodice. Like, that would keep me a gay. That's keep what keep me, keeping me <laughs> yeah, straight again. Yeah, that kept me straight. 
Yeah. <laughs> it turned me a little. Yeah. I was going straight Seriously. down the street. I just turned into someone's front lawn. All of a sudden, I saw Joan <laughs> Hendricks' boobies, and I... <laughs> the boobs. <laughs> but my God, I think we unpacked many levels of queer media. We'll see what happens after I edit this. Uh, we'll see what's sal- salvageable. What, what's we'll salvageable. see. We'll see what the lawyers say. Yeah, we might do part one and part two because we have a lot of content. Yeah. So, um, also, I'm like talking to a lawyer on Tinder. So, un- like, if I you think we get help. a discount? <laughs> Listen, I have a can, ward on my back. Can you help me with that? I'm not. A- <laughs> what lawyer are you talking? No, to? honey, that's just your herpes. So. Listen, I do not have herpes. I want everyone to know that. Because you got rid of them. So, uh, thank you. Don't go away. (laughs) Oh, just like Vegas. So, is that? No, wrong phrase. Uh, Oh, what what happens happens in Vegas Vegas stays stays in Vegas Vegas, except except for herpes. herpes. That shit sticks with you forever. forever. I just said a version of the reverse. Like, if you get herpes, you it's also late. go to Vegas. We're tired. Yeah. Yeah. He's learning. I know. Wow. Okay. Uh, It's midnight, so... Thank you, everyone, for listening. Should we have the after midnight? Ooh, the ASMR. Stop. Do not moan. <laughs> Don't we, moan. Are we really going to unpack gay media? <laughs> what? I don't you know what I'm saying. Paul's ass. <laughs> Ever seen a pickle go inside a mason jar? <laughs> uh, this is done. I end. <laughs> Okay, everyone, thank you so much for listening to Let's Unpack That. This has been another episode with Paul, Erica, and Mikey Mike. Uh, like Mike. Michael. <laughs> Michael Angelo. Michael Angelo. Michael Angelo. Um, and uh, this is your bi weekly sort of podcast where Bye. This, uh, <laughs> this queer millennial unpacks topics. At the top of his mind, through the lens of anxiety, depression, and Erica's black ass. Uh, so thank you so much for listening. If you want to learn more, follow About us Erica's on our shittily managed Instagram. <laughs> yeah, if you want to learn more, follow Erica at Erica underscore Megan. Megan. M-E-G-A-N. Erica with no er- K. Bitch. Er- Erica underscore Megan. Uh, <laughs> uh, or you can follow Let's Unpack That underscore podcast. Or uh, you can follow uh, Hagen OnlyFans. Coming soon to a country near you. To, a, to an iPhone near you. Just <laughs> bringing out the legal uh, aspects. If you have feedback, if you hate us, if you love us, just email us at letsunpackthatpod at gmail.com, honey. Thank you so much for joining us. Sorry this was so long. I'm going to edit this the fuck out. Thank you. Toodles. Goodbye. Goodbye.